Holy cow, everybody. We're back. We're back from the brink of destruction. Uh, after, a week, <laughs> after a week off, we are back to uh, to bring you episode number 126 of the SoCo show. Uh, we apologize for the uh, absence last week. Basically, my, my whole computer, which is used to run the show, uh, crashed, and we had no way to, to do it. So we had to take a week off. Computer is fixed. Don't worry. And we're back with new episodes of the SoCo show. I'm, of course... Uh, the co-host Cody Michael, joined as always by the Soho Seth Hot. I forgot who I am. What are we doing here? What's a podcast? <laughs> well, you never knew in the first place, so I don't know if that's <laughs> evidence of some change. Um, but yeah, so just keep just keep talking and stay stay seated where you're at, and I'll do the rest. Okay. Uh, we are also joined by a very special guest this week. Jared Buckendall. Jared Buckendall joins the show. Welcome back, Jared. That's me. <laughs> we, uh, we're glad to have JB on now for, I don't know the how many at the time, but it's now, it seemingly now is an annual tradition that we count down our top movies. This will be the third year we've done this. Oh, wow. Yeah. Does that make you feel old? <laughs> kind of. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be counting down. That's the main part of the show today. Is gonna be counting down. Uh, each of the three of us have done our top ten favorite movies crackers. released in 20, 2019. Uh, top ten favorite crackers. We also Wheat did. Thins. That'll be <laughs> number five. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we can all agree that Ritz crackers would win uh, if we did that. I don't know. Those chicken and a to. biscuit crackers are pretty good. <laughs> Yo, I used to fuck hard with chicken and a biscuit crackers. Those Gross. Were, those are my sh- okay. No, that's how, not does, right. how does that work? Oh, that's nasty. That's, uh, that's chicken and a biscuit. You know what, sounds actually, chicken and a biscuit sounds like what in like an old woman from the south would say like about it'd be like some sort of like saying about something like you know what that you know what they say that's a chicken and a biscuit. Yeah, yeah. That's 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 probably actually how it came about. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, if you don't, if you. If you want to see someone actually uh, have sex with snack foods, then uh, you should you should watch some videos on a website that Seth started up. You get a fucking cookie and a star. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's, um, that's what. I do that's think biscuits are, or I think um, cookies are called biscuits, like overseas. So that would make sense. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. So You're going for party. that international crowd. It's true. Yeah, you know we we want to make sure that we're playing to the the general public and the general public. <laughs> Sometimes likes to fuck biscuits, I guess. I, I don't know. Is that where we're going with this? <laughs> biscuits and gravy, my man. Ew. Oh, wow. That's not so... Oh, uh, that's nasty. Let's let's go ahead and move on from, from that. Um, <laughs> holy cow. I got to tell you guys, I'm really, I'm really stoked to get into our top tens um, because I had a really hard time with my list, and you guys seem to have had easier times with yours, so I'm excited to drudge up the emotions that led me to kicking some of my favorite movies out of my top ten um and it was it was a hard thing but but we'll we'll get into that uh we're also going to have a couple really fun tv corners where for the first time all three of us uh have seen two different series that we're going to be reviewing so that'll be a fun little i don't know what you call this uh, like a tv sex pile we almost have a tv <laughs> house almost have a tv house but definitely not a sex pile <laughs> 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 well Maybe some people want to hear the sex pile. I don't know. Well, we can decide later whether or not we do the sex pile. But uh, for now, it's... <laughs> the decision's already been made. We're not doing a sex pile. <laughs> I did not discussion. sign up for I this. Just, 
I just think we should continue to mull it over before we make any <laughs> final decisions. And uh, later on, we'll let you, the listener, know <laughs> whether or not we decide to go forward with the sex pile. Um, anyway, that's... Sh- I don't know. What do you guys think? Should we just start doing the show now? <laughs> Jared, we're going to we're going to get into uh commercials and things like that later on in the show, but just what what's going on with you, man? How's the last few months been for you? What have you been up to? Um, you know, just kind of been hanging out. I uh, well, shit, how long has it been? A month since we went to LA? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, it's been yeah, just a little over a month now. So about a month, I don't know. I, I thought it'd be a fun idea to do way more top 10 lists on my channel than I anticipated. So uh, <laughs> that's basically what I've been doing. That's, yeah. And those, yeah. if you haven't if you haven't seen those guys over on YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, make sure you go check those out because those are, those are pretty entertaining. Um, the when, when will we get the list, uh, top 10 lists of 2019? Will we, get, will we get one of those from you? Top 10 what? Top 10 lists. Oh, you want lists, like lists of the lists? Yeah, I want to know what order your lists are if you had to list them. <laughs> uh, we're, we're working hard on it over here. Um, we're just trying to be thorough. There you go. Yeah. It would be a tough one because there's a lot of lists. To list. <laughs> like Angie's list. That one's up there. Um, yeah, you know, Craig's everyone assumes Craig would, Craig would be number one, and he's got a good list, but Angie's list... You you know you you gotta you gotta be fucking with Angie's. But the list, thing is, you gotta pay list. respect to uh, history and their Schindler's List. <laughs> Schindler's List is a very good one. Um, classically written with with black ink on white paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know, I, I think the Dean's List, list is yeah, always Dean's a good one. List, that's a good one. Yeah, Dean, a uh, classic character. As is Santa. I heard you say Santa's List. That's another. Are you guys one. fucking done yet? No, this is the Mambo <laughs> Number Five. Shut up and go with it. <laughs> <laughs> Seth, you want to jump in on this list, uh, this list material? <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> okay, t- Seth, give me your top five reasons why uh, you don't want to do more list material. <laughs> because we already, there's only one reason, and so we we don't we already don't have many listeners to begin with, and I don't think this list material is going to add any more. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. You can't have listeners without lists. Oh God. Oh wow! <laughs> oh man, Michael from the corner. Would you believe I was setting you up for that that entire time? I wish you'd stay in the corner. Well, I don't know about all that. Uh, here, you're right though. You're right though. We've lost all listeners, uh, but to the two of you who are still here through all of that nonsense, uh, we're gonna reward you by doing the thing we told you we were going to do now. So uh, here comes the podcast. We're gonna get into uh, 2019 movies and some cool TV corners. But before we do any of that, we got to get into chic tweets. I call you a punk. Um, Iron Sheik, he's he's been missing the podcast. Um, he 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 really misses the shout outs, and you know he we're a bump for him. You know, despite only having two listeners, we're we're a nice bump for Iron Sheik. So, um, in in honor of that, he you know he's telling us that uh, he wants us back. So he's saying, Jabroni, back to work day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand why he's frustrated that we didn't have the show up last week, and I, I apologize, Sheiky, uh, for for not doing that. But we are we are back. We are back to work. Uh, and we are still jabroni, so we appreciate uh, that. And that was direct. That was at Soko Show Pod, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah, right to us. Direct message, good. actually. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, uh, we're just you know just kicking the shit around with the sheik. You know that's how we do it. 
but yeah, shout out to the Sheik. Uh, if you're not following uh, the Iron Sheik, it's it's the underscore Iron Sheik on Twitter. Uh, if you see a tweet on there that you like, uh, go ahead and uh, tweet it, uh, quote tweet it with the tag at Soko Show Pod, and and you may hear it read uh, on this very show. So, uh, shout out to the Sheik, and uh, I know he's got a lot of great tweets for us to come in the new year. I call you a punk. All right, let's shout out our sponsors. First of all, audibletrial.com slash SoCo. Hit the link in the description box. You're going to get 30 days of Audible and your first book for free. Free! Indeed. Uh, also, Mathis Designs. Find our friend Steph on etsy.com slash shop slash Mathis Designs for all your stationery and graphic design needs. Paid! And, of course, Mike's Wood. You can find Mike on etsy.com slash shop slash cornfed and wed if you want to get your wood worked. Jared, you take this one. <laughs> oh, that was a good one. I, I, uh. I uh, oh, do you I want always... me to do it now? I, that wasn't it. <laughs> <laughs> I like to sub Jared in for my moans. <laughs> uh, I, a lot of people don't really know this, but Jared actually was the regional moaning champion. Yeah, uh, Back in they called school. me Moni Moni. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, we're off to a great start here on the show. Let's jump into some actual shit here. And uh, we're going to start with the TV corner. I'm very stoked for this. Let's, let's, uh, let's jump into it here. Television! Down on the corner. Nobody puts baby in the corner. All right, folks. For the first time ever, it's a TV sex pile. All three of us. <laughs> <laughs> you son of a bitch. Of <laughs> all three of us have watched the same two shows, and we're going to review them as a unit. Uh, let's start sex first. Sex unit. <laughs> unit. It's, yeah, we are the sex unit. Um, These are their crimes. Wow. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> They're considered extremely heinous. Um, Speaking of that, I did see someone, I saw a tweet that was like, it, it had uh, the, the lyrics for the Jellicle Cat song from Cats, and then it, <laughs> and then it went into the law and order like, These are their crimes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's good. That's good. I'd watch that show, actually. Uh, okay, we got two shows. Let's start with a Disney Plus uh, series, which has been you know, one of the main selling points for Disney Plus when it came out back in November. It's the Mandalorian uh, Star Wars series, headed up oh, by Jon Favreau. I thought we were doing uh, uh, The World According to Jeff Goldblum. No, we're going to do that next week. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Read your emails. Well, why am I on this um, show, then? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Mandal- Bye. <laughs> yeah, see, Jared. Thanks for stopping by. Um, the Mandalorian follows uh, the titular Mandalorian through some uh, some bounty hunting and, and things that he does. Uh, he's played by Oscar Isaac, and then there is that right? No, that's not mm-hmm. right. No, you're right. It's no, Oscar Isaac. No, Wait. it's uh, it's shit. What is his name? The who? Oh, I can picture him. Who, it's who the plays Pablo, Mando? Pablo Pascal. Pedro Pascal. Pablo Pascal. Okay. Pedro Pascal, yeah. Pedro Pablo Pascal. Hidalgo. Jeez. It's Guadalupe Hidalgo. Um, Petey Pablo. Anyway, Pedro, are we being racist? I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> probably just going to cut all that and go back to saying uh, the titular no Mandalorian is played by Pedro Pascal. Um, and uh, all sorts of all sorts of revolving characters that have that have come in and out all season. So the full eight episode season has now completed. 
on Disney Plus, and uh, we have all caught up with with all the episodes. So, in, in a realm where you know the show, or sorry, the movie Star Wars Episode Nine has been very mixed and caused a lot of uh, debate among Star Wars fans, it seems like the general public is really enjoying the Mandalorian. Uh, and and I'll, I'll start by just saying that I, I I've really enjoyed it too. I thought it's I think it's awesome. I think it's one of the best things I've seen on TV lately. Uh, where do you guys land on, on Mandalorian in general? For me, so I'm I'm not the the biggest Star Wars fan. I enjoy Star Wars, but I'm the definition of a casual fan. Um, I did enjoy the show. I will. What I will say though is, and and I think coming at this, and that's something maybe I want to discuss uh, a little bit, you know, as as a group too, since you guys are more bigger Star Wars fans than I am, but. For me, I watch a lot of TV, obviously, and so I, the Mandalorian kind of was more of like a procedural show. It felt like for for the for a good majority of it, um, it was like side missions. Um, a lot of it didn't seem to connect really until the end, and so and that's not my type of TV show. I like a a, a good long running story that, um, you know, is is like a weekly story being tell, told, and and so for me, again, I enjoyed it. It's it's well done well acted well shot it's beautiful show uh great effects all that stuff i wasn't entirely entertained throughout the entirety of the show um the the finale was awesome though i'll give it that so for for me i think a lot of the love for it at least from my from my side is because there's been a lot of mixed and and controversial star wars stuff lately that i think that there was some like good star wars stuff everybody agreed upon so everyone really all the Star Wars fans especially loved it. And so for me, like if I'm giving it a rating, I, I would give it like, and I think the finale bumped it up a little bit, like 3.8 out of five. Um, again, just because like a good chunk of the, the show did feel like didn't, it didn't really connect all the way until the end. And I was kind of like almost a little bored at some, for some of the episodes. Yeah. I, uh, I think I'm I'm definitely a bigger fan than you, Seth. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, I guess I'm not big into TV, so I guess the structure um, felt a little weird because, like, episodes one, two, and three felt like almost a movie. You could have just watched those, and then it kind of strayed from its path, and then it obviously found its footing for the last couple episodes, or at least that's what I had thought. Um, and I guess midway through, I didn't see the full vision of where they were going to go. I didn't understand how this show was, I guess, just how, how the next few episodes were going to play out. So it kind of halfway through it, I, I did lose interest, but then the last two episodes definitely reeled me back in. And I think it's, it's this weird thing where they're getting back into, I wouldn't say practical effects because a lot of the stuff is... I mean, there is CGI stuff, there's space and whatnot, but I think that this felt more uh, of an um, homage or more closely related to the original trilogy, so I kind of like that. Plus, I think we're in this age now where people want more of characters, they want more in-depth stuff, and that's what you can do with TV rather than the movies. Yeah, I think th- those are two very good points, and I think what's what's interesting about Mandalorian is the fact, you know, you talk about trying to attach yourself to a character, and the guy wears a mask the whole time, mm-hmm. so it's really hard. I, I do think that Pascal does a, a really good job. I really enjoy his voice uh, in the helmet. I think it's very dope, but um, I think he, ha- I think that there's a lot of really interesting co-stars that come in in different various times, and it seems like the direction. Uh, there's different directors almost every episode of the season. I think only a couple of them repeat. Um, and they got really good performances out of all these actors, I thought. And and like you were saying, Jared, the the practical effects 
uh, I would agree, seemed it seemed far more realistic than the uber shiny, clean version we get in the movies, mm-hmm. which I think is why it seems it feels more like the original trilogy. Um, and that's what I liked the most about it. It was it was more it was grounded. We we're telling a very uh, simple story with a with a thin scope. Uh, rather than you know the fate of the galaxy, which is which is refreshing to be able to do. But uh, Seth, I think you got a point there too because they this. I think what's interesting about the Mandalorian is no one really knew what it was going to be. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't it wasn't made clear what we should expect. And so when it mm-hmm. came out, and first of all, the fact that there are thirty minute episodes, people were like, "Well, wait, what? I thought we were getting an hour long drama." And then you know, for a couple weeks, you get sort of a single story arc and then it breaks off for some procedural stuff for a few weeks and you're like, well, wait, that's not what we thought we were getting. Mm-hmm. And and so I think knowing now, you know, how, how this world is going to work, I think I'll enjoy The Mandalorian season two, but they did shake me loose a couple times, I would agree with you, by introducing a story that didn't really have, in, in like episodes five, four and five and maybe six, uh, those stories, other than having characters in them um, who were good for us to know, didn't seem to affect the wider arc. And so that was a little... I could see how that would frustrate someone who wanted a singular plot line. But I thought those really those episodes were really cool on their own. And fans of the show will know that I, I'm a big fan of things that are like anthologies. And the middle part of the season really seemed like that, where we're just seeing individual stories about these two traveling uh, mm-hmm. rather than a singular story. So would you, if you knew that that was the case, do you think you would have enjoyed it more or do you think it was because of expectation that you were thrown off by that middle part of the, se- the season? For me, it's just, that's not my type of TV show. Like mm-hmm. if, if that was build going into it or if this wasn't, like if there was no Star Wars attached and they just said, you know, bounty hunter doing, you know, week to week things, I probably wouldn't watch it. But it had the Star Wars attached to it. It's just mm-hmm. so it not, not being my type of TV show is probably why I didn't enjoy that part as much. I also think some of the casting was a little not good. Mm-hmm. Um, Jake, uh, Bobby Cannavale's son, Jake, I think his name is. Hey, Mando. Uh, he was, yeah, he was terrible. That that whole episode of them, he was garbage. And then I love Amy Sedaris. Um, and this is the one that actually that's, that's the same episode, actually, with those two, because me and you reviewed it together yep. um, when, I, when I was in town. But um Amy Sedaris, who I love, I, I mean, she was still, she seemed kind of out of place for that world. She was better by the end, but still seemed a little out of place. So some of the casting decisions weren't great. Gina Carano is fine. I mean, she's better been she's better in this and then than some of the things she has been in, but still not the best actress in the world either. Um, but again, still an entertaining story. I just think that, especially seeing some of the reactions online from Star Wars fans, some people are heralding this as like the best show that's existed or at least the best show of 2019. And I don't think it's anywhere near that. I enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. Um, and it's a good star Wars story, but I don't think it, you know, should be anywhere like sniffing anywhere near like an Emmy or anything, unless they do like special effects or anything like, you know, stuff like that music. I love the music too. The music was great. Yeah. The music was pretty cool. And I think overall rating, I was about the same as you Seth, maybe a little bit lower. And I guess it was just, yeah, one of those things where the first three episodes I was expecting one thing, then it switched over to something different and then it got back on track. So I think for season two, because obviously there's a season two, there's a lot of things that they kind of sprinkled in on this season that they're going to set up and maybe pay off. And if season two happens to have one or two episodes that are essentially that format of procedural, um, then I'm 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 prepared for it. Um, it won't be a surprise, I guess. 
because again, there was a few times I tweeted out after an episode, and I was like, I thoroughly enjoyed this episode. I haven't a damn clue where this show's going. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was that. But one thing I want to touch on, I I guess a big aspect of this show that I thoroughly enjoyed was the video game components. And there was a video game back like five, six years ago, um, Star Wars 1313, that was supposed to be like this gritty smuggler, bounty hunter, underworld type story. And I think that there's actually components of that that they put into this show. And that's what I really liked. Yeah, if you were a fan of the wider universe of Star Wars, like the books and the games and all that other stuff, uh, there's a lot of rewards to be had. There's a million articles online about little Easter eggs and things and and tie-ins, and there's some major ones even going all the way through the end of the last episode. Um, so that's that's pretty fun for Star Wars fans. I think, so I, I am a little higher on this than the two of you guys. I don't know what I would rate it, but um, but I did really enjoy this. This is, this is the kind of show that is... Uh, for me, you know, it, it's simple. It doesn't ask me to get too emotionally invested. It, it's just nice, happy fun for most of the time, which I don't think a lot of people expected. I think for some reason, a lot of people were expecting something hyper gritty and, you know, they're like, this was going to be Disney's answer to breaking bad or something I was hearing. And, and that, that was never going to be the case This is a family show. And, uh, so I, I, I think that, it's got a little bit of campiness to it. You know, it never really seems to take itself super seriously. And so for me, those are all things that I enjoyed. It's short. Um, so it, this was a show that was tailor-made for, like, me to enjoy. But I can understand why people who wanted something more sweeping and more dramatic, uh, you know, more in line with what prestige TV has been lately. I can understand why it wasn't, it didn't live up to those expectations, even though it was something that I thought was really awesome. So uh, I think depending on your taste... I think everyone will find something to like about The Mandalorian. I think it's really uh, accessible and widely, you know, lots of different types of people will find things to enjoy. Um, but uh, it's going to be a big variance on how much people sort of fall in love with it. And you're already hearing a lot about people who have seen it uh, now canceling their Disney Plus uh, because <laughs> they don't think they need it until next year. Are, are you, uh, Jared, are you going to hold on to yours? Uh, I'm pretty sure I signed up for a year. Plus we have, uh, I think even... I, I signed up for it, but then we got a new phone, so we have two, I guess. Oh, nice. Because with Verizon, they give you a year for free. Yeah, that's a pretty sweet gig. If you have Verizon, if you have an unlimited data plan, you can get free Disney for a year. So yeah. if I, I don't know if they're still doing that, but people should check. If you have Verizon, you should check and see if that's available, because that's a pretty sweet gig. That's what I have. And they did announce, uh, announce that, I think this year, they're putting out WandaVision. They're putting out early, so that they're, they're gonna have a couple shows on the the service this year so do you do you know a release date for that no i think it'll probably be towards the end of the year because yeah. i think they want to align it pretty close to or as close as they can to uh Eternals. dr strange oh gotcha gotcha yeah and i think is, isn't captain america or god i keep saying that falcon um, winter soldier yeah falcon and winter it's basically is captain america now but uh yeah falcon and winter soldier that's coming out 2022 isn't it someone i, I saw someone mention that yeah 2020 is those two series um I have no clue what the release dates are. Yeah. I'm excited for yeah, those. I I, I'm, for I'm looking sure forward to, uh, I mean, I really like Disney Plus and the service and the, all the, like the, the video and all that is really good quality. They have 4K HDR and all that stuff. So I want to use it more and uh, I, I'm excited for those shows. So I, I mean, I use Cody's uh, thing anyway, so it doesn't matter. I'm not paying for it, <laughs> but yeah, no shit. <laughs> Last thing on the Mandalorian, because uh, I've obvious it's obvious the comparison between Mandalorian and, and Episode Nine. Um, do you, if you had to pick between the two, do you prefer Mandalorian over Episode Nine as of as of late? I would, yeah, I guess. I mean, I I just yeah, probably. 
Yeah, I, I would say, say so, so as well. Yeah, I think, uh, I mean, Seth had touched on it. I, I think both of you guys did in a previous episode. It's just the movies, there's just too much fandom around it, I guess. Yeah, it's nice that the Mandalorian discussion is almost all positive, and so that's mm-hmm. refreshing. But um, I, I just really like the world that it lives in, and it's nice to have those shrunk down stakes. So I totally mm. understand why someone would prefer. I mean, I love the giant spectacle of the movie, so it's hard for me to pick against that. But for folks who didn't like Episode Nine, it's nice that they have the Mandalorian to go to uh, to still mm-hmm. enjoy their Star Wars material. So uh, let's turn from the Mandalorian to the second half of Another our TV great family sex show. Pile. Yeah, another another great one. Um, this is this was a total accident that we all watched this. Much um, like me. Yeah, much like Seth. Uh, it was a total accident that no one wanted, but we ended up with, and we're making the best of it. Um, we all we all uh, individually stumbled upon "Don't Fuck with Cats," which is a documentary series, three part series, on Netflix right now, and. It is some of the craziest shit <clears throat> that you have ever heard of. So the story of Don't Fuck With Cats is essentially based around uh, two individuals who were part of a, like an internet, a, a group that became these sort of internet vigilantes uh, because they found online uh, footage of a guy uh, basically Fucking killing. Cats. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> this guy was was mur- murdering. He was murdering cats, and he was doing videos on, online. And so uh, this group of people started investigating and trying to figure out how they could bust him, trying to find out where he lives and all that stuff. And as they learn more about him, they start suspecting that cats might not be the only thing that he wants to kill. So they are trying to find out who he is and provide information to the cops. Uh, because they suspect this guy is becoming a serial killer. And uh, that that's all the plot I'll, I'll, I'll cover in, in terms of setup, because this show, which is a true story, this is a documentary, gets into some of the craziest shit I have ever seen happen. And it is, it, it's one of those documentaries that's amazing because you start it and you have no idea where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I know we talked a little bit, uh, all three of us did off the podcast a little bit about this. And this is one of the craziest shits I have ever seen on Netflix, just in terms of a plot. Like this is such a, the story is the character here, right? It's because it's documentary, you know, it's, it's not about the acting so much as it's about the story and the way that it unfolds. And Mm -hmm. they unwind this all in thrilling fashion. And I was just fucking gripped like the entire way through. Totally agree. I mean, I sat down because uh, we, we were uh, intended to record. Was it last last was uh, New Year's Day? It was on New Year's yep. Day, so it was, uh, on Wednesday, uh, we intended to record that day. So like ten o'clock that morning, I or eleven o'clock that morning, I had like had had some food, and I was just like, I need to throw something on while I'm eating. And then I like had the plate at my feet by the end, and I did not get up until it was over. It's like three and a half hours. And it's I love when I sit down and find something that is that gripping because you you just lose time. <laughs> throughout that so it's extremely entertaining um it's like crazy it's it's a story that you literally can't guess where it's gonna go because it just goes such crazy places and all these twists and turns and and all that stuff so you, you can try and guess what's gonna happen but you're you're not gonna be able to so i think the only issue that that i've seen and and you know does it does make you feel kind of gross watching it just because of you know the the subject matter and and what happens and you know, some maybe even some like uh, social discussions around it, but 
and so you know that that's kind of a negative. I you also you also brought up Cody the the uh, that it is kind of a little bit stylized at times, like mm-hmm. a little too stylized at times with some of like the transitions and shots and things like that. Um, that maybe you know kind of make it more of like a like this is meant to be more of an entertaining thing and an informative thing, and and you know it is, but at the same time, documentary should be a little bit more informative than entertaining most of the time. Um, so a few things like that here or there, but. I, I thought it was a really, really great documentary to watch. Very, very entertained throughout. If I were to give it a score, I would probably give it like 4.7 out of 5. Oh, dang. Because um, I, I was just, I was in this from, from the beginning to the end, and it, it takes a lot for me to, to really do that for, for a show, and I, I was really into it. Yeah, this is... It definitely is, sucks you go in. Go ahead. And so, so for Jared, like we... Seth and I had both watched this, and then we were talking to Jared and said, dude, you have to put this on right now. And you took us up on it. You went and watched it like later that same night. Um, and you weren't quite sure what we were getting you into, but what'd you end up thinking? No, yeah, I, I, I really didn't know, because at first I thought you guys were kind of like fucking with me, and I was like, okay, whatever, <laughs> I'll give this a shot. And again, I kind of am on the side of this might have been a little too stylized, but it was like... It's one of the best movies I've seen that's not a movie. It's real life. Like, the the mm-hmm. stuff and the places that this documentary goes is the most bananas out there. You you couldn't even write this stuff. Um, it, it is – you don't know where it's going. And it, literally, like, if you're going to watch this, you just sit down and watch the whole thing in one setting because you are so drawn into essentially the story, the character, where the – uh, the the weird things that are happening and almost the misdirects and again I'm almost talking about this as a movie because it's it's so unreal. Yeah, it's it's you couldn't write this. I don't think like it it feels very. I think the one of the problems that it has with regard to being over stylized is that it feels so cinematic that you occasionally forget how real it is. Yep. And it and it 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 really is an uncomfortable thing to remember that it's all real at certain well, points. Well, and the so thing is, like, this starts in, what, 2010? That was, like, the beginning of YouTube. Yeah, there wasn't much... Uh, it, the internet was very much still in these big segments where, like, video <laughs> streaming wasn't all going through YouTube yet, but it had just started to. Mm-hmm. And so that's when you got these weird pockets of guys doing videos, which is are still out there. Um, but I think at that time it might have been... I don't know. It seems like more of it was going on then, but maybe it's just better hidden now. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it was. Maybe <laughs> there's just too much crap now that it's just like uh, whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, highly, highly, highly recommend. What would you give it for a score? Uh, score. Just do, 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 do. I don't know. I'd probably say like a four point five. I don't okay. have anything. I don't have anything witty about you know four point five. Blah blah blahs out of whatever. Just four point five. Cat fucking. Uh, yeah, cat fucking. Yeah. I can tell you that uh, there was definitely a wet Cody uh, at the end of this show. I was oh no. this was and this was incredibly fucking just gripping, and I was all sorts of sweaty uh, by the end of this. It is fucking intense, and it was. Ni- it's always nice to kind of stumble upon. It's it's one thing to go in, and for most of this, I mean, you guys and I, we've we've seen a lot of like movies, for example, and we tip we know usually when something is going to suck or be great. And so to be surprised by something like this was a totally awesome experience. Uh, and I don't know that it's getting all the attention that it should be. So it's a fun one to, to go in not knowing a lot about uh, and really get sucked into. Because everyone I know that's, that's seen it says the same thing, that it's like, I couldn't, I couldn't look away. It was crazy. Mm-hmm. So, What do you give it for a score? 
What would I score it? I don't know. I don't I don't really score much. Um Well fucking do nice. it at the TV corner, god damn it. I would say uh well, okay, so for Mandalorian I would have given like a four a f like a four point five. Um and I would probably put Don't Fuck With Cats maybe just a bit under that, like a four point four or four point three. Um with the only difference being that like Mandalorian is just pure enjoyment and happiness for me. And uh, don't fuck with cats is just a little, it's got some moments that aren't awesome uh, that drag you down a little <laughs> bit, but it, that's just a taste thing for me more than a quality thing. Uh, this was super, super well done and entertaining for sure. There's, there's almost a discussion that we uh, might have off the air because there's just so many questions I still have. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. To do, um, I wish we had five hours. We could do just a bunch of spoiler talk on this, but uh, maybe we can do that as a separate thing sometime because that shit is wacky. Like, I can't even believe it. If you're out there and you haven't seen this, especially if you're a fan at all of, like, true crime stuff, um, check this out. It's a must-watch on Netflix. Don't fuck with cats. Uh, and if you have Disney+, Plus, you can also check out the entirety of season one of The Mandalorian, which we know is coming back for season two uh, in late 2020. So... You can check out both of those, uh, both get thumbs up recommendations from all three of us in uh, the first ever edition of the TV Sex Pile. Yeah. <laughs> Television! Down on the corner. Sex Pile. Nobody puts baby in the corner. Down on the sex pile. <laughs> Rolling. You, <laughs> you know what's great with Jared is that when you uh, give him a recommendation for a TV show, he actually takes it up on it and doesn't say, oh yeah, I'm going to watch that. Kiss my ass. That's what I say to you. Um, yeah, how many how many more of those on your list do you have to watch? Uh-huh. I don't want to hear it. Maybe we should the, do that the, list. Should we list the list oh, of yeah. movies that I No, said hey, I would 2020, list it's list? a brand new list. Yeah. No, it, it's funny though cuz like I used to be like you have to watch the show. Like I would do that for for multiple shows and ever since <laughs> ever since I realized you don't do was, that. Yeah, I like just, season just, one of season one of Mr. Robot comes out and Seth is like, You must watch this, dude. Watch it, watch it, watch it. And then by like season three of Mr. Robot, Seth was like, Can I just spoil it for you, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I get it. I, I, I take recommend I mean I mean when I say that sounds really cool, I would love to watch that. Uh it just doesn't always translate to act act action for me. Um so that's that's my problem. But anyways, I'm glad that Jared took your recommendation, Seth. He must take them more seriously than I do. Well, I, I think in my mind, mentally, there's like a threshold. If it's less than four hours, I think I could probably do it. But like if it's an hour long, like you said, eight episodes, hour long, I, I can't do that. Mm -hmm. Jared, Jared, quit trying to justify Cody's behavior. Well, even though I accidentally watched The, the Witcher the other weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. Uh, Jared, I appreciate you... Um, uh, reinforcing my my behavior thank you for doing that you're welcome that one's you're welcome you. i'll be here all show if you yeah, need help i can't wait need to come for i might need some i might need some help uh defending myself in this next segment because we're gonna get into our top 10 films each of us for 2019 and uh this was a fun thing so let's let's go ahead and jump into it here ladies and gentlemen this is mambo number 10 10 <laughs> uh We've done that enough times, I should have just make a sounder, but nope. Yeah. <laughs> Mambo number 10 this week. Uh, each of us is going to count down our top 10 list of 2019 movies. Now, this is the tricky thing about this is, you know, of course, there are movies still coming out that are considered 2019 movies, like for Oscar purposes. 
but we're going with movies that were literally released and we saw them in 2019. So it's going to be interesting because like some, you know, some of us haven't seen the same things uh, as everyone else has. And uh, I found out <clears throat> that you guys watched a lot more movies than I did uh, yeah, in I just, 2019. I was about to ask that. Um, I finished, so Jared- I, I finished with, uh, with, I think 76 movies watched in 19, but I know you guys, do you get into the triple digits? I for sure did. Um, with what seeing, a hidden life yesterday, which is a 2019 release, came out on Christmas for limited. Uh, I had 112 new movies released in 2019 that I saw. Okay, we're talking like uh, new ones. They can be streaming. Yeah. They can be whatever. Yep. Um, yeah, you watch quite a few more Netflix movies than I did. So and I did gonna... review every movie. So hold on, let's see what's in my 2019. Let's see if they're here. While you're looking at that, I uh, I got an email from Marcus Theaters. I told Cody this. I got an email from Marcus Theaters, which is where I see a majority of my movies. Yeah, and they it they just... basically sent me uh, a sad stats list <laughs> of, <laughs> of my my year in review. And so at Marcus Theaters, where I see my my movies, I I went to 74 movies at that theater, and I spent 103 dollars and 31 cents in rewards dollars. Which is basically like a point for every dollar. <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I wish I had my stats list from AMC because I think they were like, you saved over, and it was like thousands do- of dollars. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um. So it looks like my 2019 movie reviews playlist has 123 videos, but I know I didn't wow. review every movie I saw. It's a lot of fucking films, man. Yeah, um, I need a, I need a, a life, I guess. <laughs> well, that counts sorry, as a it's, life. And it was actually ten points for every dollar. Sorry, or no? What is it actually? Ten points. Ten dollars. Ten dollars a point. Something like that. I don't know. It's a lot. Basically, it turned out to be like I spent over a thousand dollars. Basically, Marcus reached yeah. out to you and he's like, "Would you like one of my theaters?" Well, that's the thing is, I feel like a, a goddamn king when I walk in there because I spend so much money. I bankroll probably one of those fucking dweebs who works there part time. So <laughs> those dweebs make it possible for you to go watch fucking. Korean movies at 9 a.m. on a Sunday. Be nice to them. <laughs> <laughs> no, I make them roll down a red carpet for me and, like, what they massage my feet in the recliners. That's, you know what? Actually, one of the dweebs at my theater, I'm like friends with now. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go That's in not and, the per- he'll, and he'll be like, this guy again. And I'll have to be like, ah, there he is. I don't know his name, but, like, we always shoot. Wait, the do show you guys, like, actually acknowledge, acknowledge each other? Yeah, so, yeah, 100%. Nice. What if he were yeah. listens to the, the yeah. show? <laughs> and you call I hope him a he dweeb. does. <laughs> <laughs> he, we have one of those, our relationship is us giving each other crap, so he would understand that that was a term of endearment. Uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this isn't the first time you've become friends with someone at a theater, though, because there's that kid at the AMC theater who would always, like, he knew your name. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, there's Cody. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was fun. Yeah. yeah. When, you have a, when you have such a... a recognizable beautiful face with a chiseled jaw like i do uh people tend to recognize you in places well i also have to be a different color than everyone else well yeah (laughs) when i i go i roll in in like my boots and sweatpants all by myself with like my hood up Uh, they they think my name is threat number nine Uh, they're not sure what i'm gonna do in there I do remember though, because we went, we'd go to AMC every single week because of like movie pass and stuff. It was just easier to go there, and then we started going to Marcus instead. 
and but we'd gone we had gone back to AMC for like one show because it worked out with timing and he saw us when we walked in he was like oh man where you guys been <laughs> and we were like oh man we feel bad <laughs> I know what you mean though feeling like a king like I'll stroll into that bitch and like walk up to we've got a bar in RC and go get a beer and uh I was even chatting up. So I like ran into my first buddy and then I walked over to the beer and ran into that guy. And I was like, I come here way too much. (laughs) (laughs) Well, also you have just, you have the fucking unlimited regal pass. It's not even like you're spending that a lot of money there. Yeah. Seth, you're getting bamboozled, my friend. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Damn you AMC for bamboozling my friend. (laughs) (laughs) Marcus. Oh, whatever. Marcus. Um, Anyways, yeah, it is. I gotta tell you, it is pretty nice to have Regal Unlimited and to not have to pay for all my movie tickets because I would spend a lot of money as well. Um, anyway, we're gonna count down some movies. I think is what we're talking about doing. Um, Thinking about it. This was a. Uh, you guys must have had a really hard time because I, out of the seventy-six or so movies that I saw, coming down to just ten was a very difficult thing. Uh, we're gonna have a lot of honorable mentions, I suspect. At least I do. I've got, I've got like ten. Like any of my top twenty could have been in my top ten. But we're only doing well, 10 today. As you said earlier, um, you had a more difficult time coming up the list than we did. So, Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> there you go. That's for you. Wow. So we're going to fire this bitch up. We're going to do it just like we do with Mambo. We're just going to go around. Uh, if you have a movie higher on your list, uh, just stop us and say that we got to kick that can down the road and we'll cover it whenever it's at its highest. Um, so... Let's let's jump into this. I think there's going to be some fun surprises here. So let's uh, let's go into it. Number ten. Uh, my number ten. I had a, a weird shift of movies through the last few months because of the Oscars and all that stuff, or Oscar movies coming out and stuff, and then just kind of reevaluating. So this is one I had a lot higher up earlier in the year, um, but it landed at ten for me. I have the souvenir, which is the. Uh, I know this won't be a can kick, so you, neither of you saw it, but. Um, but, uh, it's the, the one with Tilda Swinton and her daughter, um, who uh, is based off of the, or it's based around, uh, she's a, a filmmaker and she's in a bad relationship and it's kind of like the discussion of, you know, how much do you want, uh, life to affect the art and how deep are you going to go into maybe some bad things that happen in your life to affect art. And, uh, it, you know, it's a pretty, it's a, it, I was looking at my list and, and, you know, kind of even starting with this, I'll, almost all of my movies are, Actually, I think all of them are based around a one or two central characters. It's like very human stories, um, which is typically what I what I like to enjoy is is the the movies I like to go to are the ones that are just kind of based around you know real human real life type of story. And so uh, this one is definitely that. But again, dealing with movies and art and things like that is stuff that I'm really interested in. And and this one connected, even though you know none of the things that happen in this movie are things that. Or have happened to me or feasibly probably won't happen to me at any time. I, I connected to it in certain ways, and uh, it's, they're coming out with a sequel, too. Uh, there's going to be a Souvenir Part 2, which is really rare for a, a an indie small movie like this, art house type movie, to have a sequel. So I'm excited for that, um, but uh, I did really enjoy it. I thought it was really good and a, and a really good debut for Tilda Swinton's daughter. Yeah, there you go. This is um, this is one, you're right, that I didn't get to, um, Jared didn't either, but you can watch this if you're interested on uh, Amazon Prime right now. They mm-hmm. have it streaming, so that's the souvenir. Uh, any any buzz for Oscar activity for that one? Not for this one, but it was on Obama's favorite movies of the year. Ooh. Oh, there you go. That's better than Oscar, if you ask me. Yeah, I agree. The Obama. The Obama <laughs> goes to the souvenir. 
Dude, I would fucking kill for one of those. Holy cow. <laughs> a little gold berry on my desk? That'd be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd stand him up right next to my uh, Star Wars 9 Kylo Ren cup uh, that's currently on my desk <laughs> and is very awesome that I got from Regal. Uh, which actually, as luck would have it, uh, rolls right nicely into my number 10, which uh, I'm not suspecting that you guys will have this in your top 10, but I, I can't not have Star Wars in my top 10. So I have episode nine. This is maybe lower than people would have expected me to have Star Wars, um, but I've got it at number 10, The Rise of Skywalker. And I, I keep getting into discussions with people over Star Wars, and, and there's a lot of questions about... Um, the plot of that movie and whether you like it as a Star Wars fan. And then there's also a lot of questions about just like filmmaking techniques and like storylines that they didn't pick up or, or things that they added and took out. And for me, uh, it doesn't come down to that. Like it's not, I don't, I don't judge Star Wars in the same way that I judge other movies. And so for me, just the amount that I enjoyed Star Wars, especially the second time I saw it landed it in my top 10, even though I think there are, are, legitimate criticisms for that movie they don't they don't penetrate my love for star wars so uh i had to have it in here um and i had it took a lot uh to not put it higher but i've got it at number 10 here yeah i enjoyed it but i it, yeah it's, obviously star wars has never been in my top 10 nor do i expect it to be but i did enjoy the movie i had fun with it i, I know jared has a few more criticisms of it though well yeah i mean out of us three i'm probably the lowest on it and again i don't know if i had things built up in my mind or it was the lead up of Fallen Order and then the Mandalorian and I guess I was like oh my gosh this is gonna blow my socks off and it just Jared left with socks yeah I left with my fucking socks I had two pairs on actually and unfortunately yeah um yeah I don't know it was rushed I don't I again I I know a lot of people are enjoying it it just didn't hit for me I get it I can understand that um what about you what your number 10 Jared my number 10, and I don't know, I'm curious if this is going to be on either of your lists, it's The Farewell. It is not. It is nope. not. It is not. Did, I still haven't did, seen this one. I got to get to Oh, it. you haven't seen that one. Okay. I know, mm -hmm. Seth, you had. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I think this movie was one that uh, I think, Seth, you actually recommended to me, and I went out, and I was expecting this almost like heartbreak, just very emotional story the whole time but it ended up being this weird kind of blend of comedy a celebration of life rather than this uh, kind of emotional waiting for the end of days type story and again this was a personal story because i think the person that wrote that um it it had she'd been involved with that i believe um seth is that correct i i think it's kind of i think it was i don't remember specifically but i think it was slightly based around her life and relationship with her her grandma okay okay so there's that i don't know it was just like yeah definitely a, a personal type story but then it, it's it's this almost again this this comedy of hiding this thing and all of these people are acting one way when the grandma's completely clueless and then this fake wedding and it, it just it, it was a delightful film, and Aquafina is, again, perfect in this role. The grandma, mm -hmm. I don't know what her name is, but she the chemistry between those two is great. Um, it kind of has this obscure ending, or there's a few scenes that were a little odd with, like, a bird, and I'm not smart enough mm -hmm. to figure that out. <laughs> but, uh, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I agree with you. I did enjoy it, too. Uh, it's an honorable mention, for sure. But, uh, you know, it's... it. I think this is one, and I, I, this happened a lot for, for me this year, um, probably one that, that might show up later on your list too, Jared. Um, 
there's a lot of movies that had, especially like foreign or smaller movies that had a lot of hype built up into it. And a lot of people calling it best of the year, decade, you know, stuff like that. And I think maybe it was just built up a little bit too much for me. Um, Now, there were a few movies that had some hype that absolutely delivered on the hype for me. But some of these other ones, especially these smaller ones, didn't quite uh, land with me as as much as it is for others. So I enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. It was funny, heartwarming, all that stuff, like you said. Just didn't quite. I, I, I just enjoyed some other movies more that I had lower expectations for, I guess. Number nine. I know this is one you saw, Cody, but I don't think it... I think we've talked about it. I don't think this one will end up on your list. This was number one for me for a while, uh, again, going into the Oscar season. Um, but it was Wild Rose, which is the, uh, I guess, foreign, more like uh, Scotland, from Scotland. Um, it's on... I think it's on Hulu now as well. But it's the story of uh, Rosalind. She uh, is a, uh, uh, someone who wants to be a singer, uh, really successful singer that's kind of her passion and she's had a messed up life she's had a lot, made a lot of poor choices she has a kid that she's in charge of but she's also not great at taking care of and music is her main focus and uh, kind of just the story of that and and you know burgeoning into her career of being a singer some good things happen but she has to kind of go back and forth with her, with her and her kid um so this 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 one for me, is a little bit different of like an, an indie uh, than than even I'm used to sometimes. Is that it, it wasn't entirely all sad. There were some happy moments in there. Um, I, I I thought this one would be just kind of the way it was going would be all sad, but um, it really ended nicely. I, I really enjoyed enjoyed the ending of it. I thought the music was really good. The only issue I had with this this one is that it was hard to understand some of the accents sometimes, and so it, it was it was a little a little troubling to to uh you know connect with some of the characters overall but i thought jesse buckley who plays rosalyn she was she was fantastic i really really liked her uh she's gonna be in quite a few more things this upcoming next year i see i saw her name attached to a few things so i'm excited to see more of her um i know that she has done like american accents and things uh, like that in, in the past too so she's she's uh young and up and coming so i really enjoyed this one i i, I really connected to it i i i thought it was uh all the emotional beats it hit and and uh i i I don't know. I really liked it. Check it out on Hulu. Yeah, this is a good. I would also recommend this. I didn't have it in my top ten. Um, if I remember right, I think the issue that I had was was the main character to me. Uh, I didn't like, and so I, I didn't want to root for her. Um, okay. And and so I just and there I can was see just that. that. Yeah, it was just that fundamental thing that I just. But stylistically and and you're right, the acting in it was amazing. So it, this is one I would also recommend, even though it's not uh, high up on my list, but mm-hmm. uh, super enjoyable, especially if you can catch it on Hulu. I, I would I would say definitely do. Uh, there's some really good music in here. I love a good music yeah. movie. Which though that's a and new thing for Seth this year is the music movie, which has been <laughs> uh, really rewarding to see you enjoy some of these. And it's funny too because you mentioned like uh, you you weren't. Um, you, you didn't like her character. And for me, she was way more likable than some of the other people I've seen in some movies. <laughs> so like, yeah. uh, especially it's indie movies. So this is kind of like an in-between movie for, for us is like, you're used to more happier, like, I guess more likable characters. And those are the movies you connect to. Whereas like, she wasn't as unlikable as some of the other ones that I, that I <laughs> go into. So really kind of fun. funny that way. Yeah. Jared, you never did see this one? No, I didn't. I think I, uh, you guys had both recommended it, and I tried to seek it out, and it just I just didn't end up seeing it. Uh, let's go to my number nine. I know we all saw this one. Uh, this is where I eventually landed with Honey Boy. Do you guys have this on your list? I do not. I do not. Ooh. I, I think I might have been the highest on this when we reviewed it in the past as well. Um, but this is Shia LaBeouf's. Um, they say Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yes, Hollywood superstar Shia LaBeouf's. 
they say semi-autobiographical uh, movies about him and uh, it's kind of two points in his life. One when he's a young kid and kind of going through trying to act with his dad around and then also when he grows up uh, going through some therapy and, and trying to drudging up some memories with him and his dad. Um, this was like deeply personal. Uh, Shia LaBeouf is amazing in this acting as his dad or the character that stands in for his dad. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm a, I'm, I'm just, I've always been a sucker for like parent movies or it's someone in their mom or someone in their dad. Um, and stylistically, I thought this was amazing. It had this really ethereal kind of uh, slightly trippy nature to it. Uh, and the acting in this was amazing, especially the, the kid who played the young Otis, uh, I thought was really incredible in this. So this is a movie I left just kind of like, whoa, you know, that was really um, <laughs> something that landed, something that landed with me more than most. So um, as, as I stare at my list, it, it, I maybe could squeeze a higher spot for Honey Boy, but, uh, but I'm glad to have included it at nine, even though I know I'm the highest on it. I know it's another one that you guys uh, enjoyed also. I did. I, I did enjoy it. Um, I did have to see this twice because I felt all, I, I was really feeling terrible the first time I saw it because we all saw it, we saw it together in L, in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I uh, I went went to it twice and I and enjoyed it way more the second time. I just I don't know I, this one again. Really, there's a lot of great movies this year, so it's like I really enjoyed this, but there's some other ones that either connected to me more. Or, again, this is one that had a lot of hype too. A lot of people said this is you know one of the top of the year, and it delivered on a lot of areas for me. Um, I thought Shia LaBeouf was great as the dad too in this one, um, but yeah, I, for whatever reason, it just it just didn't quite land as as high as some other ones. Yeah, I, I again, I thoroughly enjoyed the film, but I just don't think it landed, and it was a product of hey, it was too hyped, and I saw it too late. Um, because I think the day I went and saw it was the very last day it was in the theater here. And mm-hmm. I didn't see the whole movie twice, but I saw the first 20 minutes twice. And the reason was I got a ticket and it said 1030. So I went at 1030 a.m. and the movie wasn't playing. I had them start the movie for me. I was the only one in the theater. And then the guy came in 20 minutes later and said, it's 1030 at night. You need to leave. <laughs> 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 and I look like an That's idiot because I had like three workers go like, "Hey, the movie's not playing. The movie's not playing. The movie's not playing." That is brilliant. That's <laughs> and that's some serious. Leave. You were throwing. I've your never had that happen before, theater. and it finally. I'm Jared Buckendall. <laughs> oh, oh, that's awesome. That's amazing. I would never have gotten that far. <laughs> <laughs> you never would. Oh, they'd be well, like, fuck start me. the fucking movie. Um, they'd be like, get out of here, you homeless weirdo. Because I dress like a fucking monster when I go to the movies. <laughs> Who's that troll in the corner? <laughs> yeah, no Jeez. shit. Oh, that guy's here again. Can you go poke him with a stick so he wakes up and leaves? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Okay, is it my number nine? Um, it is your number nine, yes. Okay, number nine is Avengers Endgame. Ooh, I gotta, I gotta give you a can kick on that one. I've okay, can harder. kick it. All right, we're going on to eight now. Yes, please. Number eight. Um, this one might be a can kick. I don't know if you saw this yet, Cody, but um, I know you did, Jared. I have Little Women here at number eight. Nope, not on my list. All right, I still haven't seen it. You still haven't seen it. I, I'll review it. I mean, I think we're still going to do reviews, so I guess I'll review it later in, in full. But I really, really enjoy it. This is number eight is where I, I am now into like I really loved all these movies. But um, Little Women, I, I I don't know. Like this is not a movie. I don't didn't read the book. This is not a movie that like should 
like appeal to me in any way. It's about a family of four women in like the olden times. I don't even remember when it takes place, like the early like nineteen twenties or something like that, thirties. Um, but like it for whatever reason, like I love this family. Uh, I, I, Saoirse Ronan has become like one of my favorite actresses. Uh, she or just period like actors period like she she's so natural in everything she does um she's she can convey every emotion but she's never over the top with with stuff and i guess when she needs to be a little bit more heightened she she can do it um she's very endearing the entire cast is perfect though um with uh, florence Pugh and emma, emma watson and then i don't know the actress's name but she's she was on sharp objects this year or last year was it i don't remember when the fuck that came out um, but she was Amy Adams' sister in Sharp Objects. She is great. She played Beth in this. Laura Dern is perfect in this role that is of the mother. Um, I just loved it. I, I really loved this movie, and and uh, even got I, I even had a, a little bit of a, a wet face watching this one too. So. Wet face. Yeah, it got me. I loved it. Even and this one sucked though. The I so this is on Christmas Day. I saw this Christmas morning. So maybe that even helped with my enjoyment of it too, because it was like a nice Christmas movie to watch. But these two women came in. 10 minutes into the movie and were like it felt like they were screaming as they were coming into the movie sitting down having a full goddamn conversation i was two rows back and i could hear them clear as day uh they were still talking like five five additional minutes after they sat down so i just i i went shh like super fucking loud and they looked back like startled (laughs) and then like turned their heads slowly and like were whispering like basically like fuck that guy but they were being super loud so even like the first 10 minutes of the movie like or 15 minutes of the movie like were kind of i didn't know what's going on a little bit because those fucking dumb idiots in the front but (laughs) still love the movie even despite all that yeah i think that (laughs) 2019 i realized that people are just really shitty in movie theaters yeah um but i i for my thoughts of this film i thoroughly enjoyed it as well i had actually I never read the book, and I only remember previews being on almost every goddamn VHS when I was younger of the <laughs> uh, Winona Ryder version in 1994. Um, but I had seen the play, actually, about a year oh. or a year half ago. So it uh, it actually, like, I kind of knew what was happening, but I liked how Greta Gerwig put her own spin on it and kind of mixed mm-hmm. up the, uh, essentially, timeline. That's funky. I love all those actresses. So this is something that I hope makes its way um, to me at some point. I may still catch this in the theater sometime soon. I've got some free time uh, usually around this time of year. So we'll see. But uh, especially if it gets nominated, I might seek it out. But uh, this is one that kind of slipped by me these last couple of weeks. I think it'll end up being a, a nomination. Greta Gerwig uh, certainly has been nominated in the past. So we'll see if she can get another one here with Little Women. Uh, number eight is the can kick from a moment ago for me. Avengers Endgame. Uh, is this Seth? You don't have it any higher. I don't have it. No, uh, it's honorable mention. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Endgame. This is based a hundred percent, as are a lot of the ones in in the upper part of my list about the theater experience, uh, because mm-hmm. em- of seeing an Endgame on opening night in a packed theater and having the crowd reaction uh, along with the super emotional and big and and sort of uh, heroic parts of the movie was just amazing. It's something that I probably won't soon forget. Um, so it, that was just, it was just pure fucking adrenaline at certain times. Like for whatever reason, um, Marvel decided to reveal to us all that uh, it's got its hooks in us. And so it pulled on all the hooks this time. Like you got the emotional stuff with Tony and his dad um, and with Tony at the end, you got some super great action. Some of the best we've seen yet. Uh, some of the best like hero shots. This was, this was pure fucking crack for anyone who loves the MCU and being in a theater packed full of those people was just awesome. It was something that 
um, was a unique experience. So that's that's why I had to feature it for sure on my list. Yeah, this was definitely Boner Jams the movie. Um, <laughs> the theater experience for this was probably the best part. Plus, there were so many different things we wanted to see, and it definitely paid off. And, I mean, it's three hours, but it doesn't feel like three hours because it's just mm-hmm. pure adrenaline. Agreed. Yeah, it's, it's it's probably, I mean, yeah, it's definitely the fastest three hours <laughs> that I've ever seen for a movie. It goes, it, it flies. I saw it three times in the theater, and, and you know, still doesn't make my list. Definitely an honorable mention, but... Um, it, it hit on, hit on everything I wanted, uh, but we've talked about before with like Avengers and, and, and things like that, superhero movies. I kind of look at these differently than I look at some other movies. And so like infinity war for me, that was in my top 10 last year because it did something different. Like it, it, the way it ended with everyone going, like it took a risk and I loved that, that that's a theater experience that I'll never forget because the way everyone walked out of that theater, just completely silent. And this was a great theater experience I had, too. There was all the, the, the hooting and hollering as it needed to happen. Um, but I, for whatever reason, it just it, the, the, the satisfaction of Infinity War is a little bit higher for me than, than it was Endgame, which is weird. But, uh, yeah, I, I did love this movie, too, though. I, it, it was great. Man, you got some sort of issues, man. <laughs> I like it better <laughs> when everyone leaves crying. I don't like it when people have fun. <laughs> no, 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 I don't love fun. <laughs> absolutely not all right um my number eight yes please. is going to be loose oh nice <sighs> I, I still i need to see this so bad seth do you have it on your list it's an honorable mention Honor- as man well, but I- all these goddamn honorable mentions I, I don't think anyone's our lists are so different um but yeah. yeah this is a film that you had recommended to me and i yeah. came out completely blown away by this film because I, 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 yeah, exactly. I was just, oh, just wet pants, everything. Creamy, <laughs> creamy jeans. Oh, oh that's um. nasty. <laughs> I am the queen. <laughs> <laughs> so many sounders. <laughs> but, uh, crazy this, good. Crazy Crazy <laughs> good. <laughs> God damn, this should be number one. Um... <laughs> This, this, I mean, this was originally based on, I believe, a play, um, a shorter one. Uh, this, this movie, though, literally, I, I love kind of like the mystery, borderline thriller aspects. You never are given the full story, and it's this intrigue of what the heck is going on in this film. But then it's Kelvin Harris Jr.'s performance as Luce that is what put this movie over the edge like this guy i don't know if he's gonna get any notice in this film and i unfortunately haven't seen waves yet but this guy is the most bananas performance i've seen this year like this guy needs Mm -hmm. to be nominated for something yep i 100 percent agree with you that i mean it, it is my favorite performance of the year he is absolutely fantastic in this one uh it's scary um but he's also charming and and it's it's probably the widest range of performance that i've seen not only this year but in a long time he he goes all over the map and it's all believable it's never like too too out there it's it, it fits perfectly with what the story is um yeah i mean again definitely an honorable mention i have i have many of them but uh he he this, this it's a it's definitely a, a must-see movie um for anyone who who wants to to go into a Again, this is kind of like a personal story. It's like, you know, it's a, it's based around this one person, but it, it, like it's a very, you know, it's an art house type movie, but it, anyone wants to see a, a crazy performance, it, it's one to check out. Well, and also just not him, but Octavia Spencer does a fantastic yep. job as well. Yep. This is dope. I can't wait to watch this. Super excited for it. Number seven. 
Uh, number seven. So you mentioned not having fun, and uh, maybe I need to be checked out. Uh, this is where I have Midsummer, <laughs> and I know this is not on your guys' oh, list. Yeah, no, get it as far away from my list as fucking possible. But so I'm glad you, you mentioned it. You mentioned earlier with theater experiences, and for me, that's how I look at my list. It, it, the way I for my favorites of the year is how I felt walking out of the theater. That's how I how I've always kind of done it. Um, is, especially with like these smaller art house indie type movies, is I always get a, a different or like a almost just kind of depends on the feeling that I have when I walk out. There's always some sort of, if I really like it, there's some sort of like feeling just like in my gut that, that, uh, that I have. And this one definitely had that. This one I had throughout the movie uh, of just like, what the hell is going on? Florence Pugh in this one. I think she's, I think she's better in this than she is little woman. And I think she's really good in little women, but I, there's, there's one scene in particular where something really tragic happens to her and her just guttural scream in it is just, it's, it just makes you feel terrible. Um, so that that was good. I enjoyed that. <laughs> <laughs> Listen wow. to yourself, you fucking monster. <laughs> but no, the, the, this, I mean, this story is crazy. It's, um, it has a lot of themes running throughout it. Things about like family and, and, and inclusion and things like that. Um, there's a lot of foreshadowing. There's shit that happens in the background that I didn't even realize until you read after. There's like certain people in the background and like bushes and shit and um like it's one that you kind of have to talk about afterwards to you know like maybe understand certain things or you know stuff like that um i wasn't as big of a fan of hereditary because it it did include a little bit more of like supernatural elements and things like that this one didn't really have i mean it's an out there story but it was you know it's it's not as supernatural or anything like that so um I again, I it's weird to say that I enjoyed this movie, but I just thought for me personally, I thought it was really well done. Um, and and the the messages that it was going for did land for me. Um, it, it's my number seven. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate the filmmaking, and I know it's a good film, but I will never watch this movie again. <laughs> Those are my thoughts exactly. I it, you're right in that it was effective at making you feel things. Uh, I just really hated the things that it made me feel. So it was not <laughs> enjoyable. The, but the filmmaking techniques, I, again, I totally... If I was teaching a, a fucking film school class, I would probably show this movie. But that doesn't mean I liked it. <laughs> yeah, I and so I had Florence Pugh back-to-back on my list, I realized. She was also really great this year in Fighting With My Family. She started off the year with that. Mm-hmm. She had a really damn good year along with Kelvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. Uh, two, two of my favorite years for acting, uh, or actors for, for this year for performances both Florence Pugh and, and Calvin Harrison. So uh, can't wait to see more of Florence Pugh uh, in, in the future. She'll be in a few months with uh, Black Widow. She'll be in that. So good to see her Man. working a lot. That's awesome. Between those two, as far as actors go, those two are... Crazy <laughs> good! Uh, my number seven, you talk about a theater experience. I know this is one that we all uh, really enjoyed, so we'll see if you guys have it on your list. But uh, I've got Ford v. Ferrari at number seven. Kick that can, kick some it. bitch. Kick all that right. can. Yeah. Right down the racetrack, you're going to kick it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. My number seven is going to be The Irishman. Mm. Let me guess. Honorable mention. <laughs> um, not quite. It's a little bit further down. Again, I, I enjoyed this one, but you go ahead and talk about it. Yeah, I don't know. I again, this was one of those theaters experiences. I mean, it's a th- what thirteen day long movie, um, and it doesn't seem <laughs> yeah. like it didn't. We, like, we went to it like five times. We had to keep coming back. Yeah, because it, yeah. it was a continuing. Because we needed food and resources and whatnot. 
<laughs> um, no, this didn't feel like a super long movie, and I just uh-uh. love the kind of like sprawling uh, mob essentially epic that Scorsese did with this film and also releasing it in this I mean it went to the theaters because it wants to be nominated for uh, awards but coming from Netflix like Netflix is starting to become this kind of uh, I wouldn't say powerhouse but they have movies that are award potential and whatnot but this movie Mm -hmm. bringing back essentially these greats from the genre and that they turned it like uh Al Pacino and Joe Pesci they are phenomenal in this movie like uh Al Al Pacino very much like tones it down from the you know what you've seen him do recently and as this Jimmy Hoffa character he's very likable and charismatic and you again this is kind of a borderline alternate history type movie I mean I I don't know I think Seth when we went did someone say was that real life or something when we were walking out I don't know. I just wanted to fucking punch the people behind yeah. us. Yeah, so. and and I'm, I see. That's the thing is that that actually ruined part of the experience for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, but the visual effects, I couldn't really tell that much. I mean, aside from that curb stomp scene that everyone posted <laughs> everywhere, that it looks like a goddamn like ten thousand year old man trying to curb stomp this guy. <laughs> yeah. Um. I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm, I'm curious. You know, a lot of people came out and they're like, I can't watch this all in one setting. Like, watching it as this four-part miniseries, I'm curious if that would almost enhance the experience or take away from it. But, yeah, this is this is a very kind of epic scale type movie. I'm curious if Scorsese is, if this is going to be kind of his last big hurrah. I don't think so. I think he'll end up doing more. Uh, I, I, what is he eighty now? Okay, well, <laughs> He's fuck pretty me. old. <laughs> I, I think he would have announced if it was, if it was his last one. But um, no, I, I'm. I, I did enjoy this one as well. I mean, everything you said, I, I agree with. Um, I again, it just kind of goes back to the you know, theater was, was experience. This a, yeah, and, and and like, was this a story that um, you know connected with me as much as some of the other ones? But no, really well done <laughs> on, on all points. Um, and I'm, I was appreciative that we got to see it in a theater, like and not and not have to you know watch it on Netflix. We got to go in a theater and see this movie. Really cool. Even though the people behind us uh, could have, I, I would have wanted to curb stomp them like Robert De Niro, <laughs> even though they were 80 years old and wouldn't stop talking. You can't curb stop old people. Uh, once someone gets to 75 and higher, you can't curb stomp them anymore. That's the <laughs> I, I did learn this year through all of the movies I went to, and I mentioned it a little bit earlier. I used to think teens were the worst people at movie theaters. It is elderly people. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah. Especially since you guys ruined that fucking napkin sound effect thing for me. Every time I hear <laughs> someone with napkins and butter popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, that's amazing. I'm, I still have not seen The Irishman. Uh, I'll, I'll be watching it to bone up for Oscars, but uh, uh, I just haven't haven't sat down to um, to watch it all at once. And I do want to watch it all at once, but I'm a big Scorsese fan, and I certainly love the actors in this. So I'm uh, I, I'm not going to be surprised if it holds up the way that uh, I expect it to, um, because it's been a lot of hype for it, and certainly a lot of <laughs> nominations about to come through. Number six. This uh, might be a can kick. I don't know. Uh, I've uncut gems here at six. Let's kick that can. All right. Yep. Kick it, kick it, kick it. Yep. Let's go to my number six, which this is one that was on my mid-year top ten. One of not many that have stood the test of time, but it has. uh, I've got us at number six. 
And I think I was the highest on this back when it came out in February as well, or March or whenever it did. And mm-hmm. I think with us, uh, a lot of people have forgotten about it because it's been you know so long, most of the year since it came out. But um, this was uh, Jordan Peele's follow-up to Get Out, of course. And so it's got the doppelgangers uh, kind of coming after the main characters. And I, what, the language around it when it came out was like, oh, it's good, people enjoy it, but it's nowhere near Get Out territory. And I think it's closer than people think. Um, just the more I sit back and reflect on us, it's a little more ambitious. It tries to take on something a little bigger than Get Out, um, which is interesting to me. I think that the the parts of it that they want to scare you with are effectively scary. Um, and there's some interesting plot points and twists and things that kind of keep you on your toes. I just think this was really effective horror and you're seeing Jordan Peele come with a style that is different, but you can see the influences in and the way that he sets up something to be creepy or just threatening or eerie uh, is really interesting. Like we were all super afraid of like a nine year old boy in this movie. And, uh, I just thought it was really effective. The score was the thing that stood out the most to me. Uh, when they they used that I got five on it song and slowed it down mm-hmm. and orchestracized it, it was that was amazing. Like I think about that score, I just listen to that score sometimes, uh, just because I think it's so awesome. And that made me a fan of that song. And now, like in terms of horror movies for for nineteen, I don't think it's close that Us was the best um, because it's the one movie from nineteen that I like. If I'm home alone, I think about Us and how creepy that is. So like that's the horror movie that like settled with me and stays with me from this last year. Um, and I don't know, maybe I'm just a big Jordan Peele fanboy, but, uh, that one stayed high on my list when I, when I went back uh, to review my first half ones for sure. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I just, yeah, I don't know for, for, for whatever reason it didn't quite click with me like get out did. Um, I did see it really weirdly though for just quick and then Jerry can talk about it, but, um, Jordan Peele is doing an Amazon show. He's producing an Amazon show called hunters with Al Pacino and, um, uh, Logan Lerman, yes, mm-hmm. Logan Lerman. Uh, it's about t- it's a based on a true story. It takes place in the seventies, uh, where basically people are Nazi hunters yeah. and uh, oh, kill nice. a bunch of Nazis. Looks awesome. I just saw the trailer today. So uh, anyway, when 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 uh, does that come out? Uh, on Amazon Prime on the twenty first of February. Gotcha. Yeah, for me, for us, again, I think that the, this was one of those things where it was just a product of overhype. I mean. The few people that got to see it at, I think it was uh, South by Southwest and maybe even like early screenings on that Wednesday, like one night before, it just, I don't know, I, I maybe I was expecting something else. And uh, believe me, like the performance from uh, Lupita Nyong'o, like that should be recognized because it's bananas, but I think it just came too soon in the year. Yeah, that's fair. I can get that. Like I had it high on my list and it's, of course... You know, you see 80 movies after that, and um, it's it's not a shock to to find that you know there were 10 that were better. But yeah, for me, and, it, it mm-hmm. stuck. It stuck up there. I, I was gonna say, yeah, if that came out like a week ago, I'm curious if it would have been one of those mm-hmm. recency type things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see that. All right, my number six is going to be. I'm curious if this is going to be can kick Joker. Not for me. No. 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 Neither of you guys. All right. Um, yeah, this one, I mean, we had two kind of big comic book movies that came out. One that's this grand spectacle and one that's more toned down, I guess, grittier, more, uh, I would say, what, realistic and whatnot. Um, 
I don't know. I think whatever uh, Todd Phillips did, and again, I haven't seen um, King of Comedy or The Taxi Driver, so I'm curious if I had seen either of those two, if that may have swayed my opinion of this movie a bit, because then it's like, oh, we've already seen that before. But I had never mm. seen what was done in this film, and Joaquin Phoenix is pretty damn good as Arthur Fleck, a.k.a. the Joker. Um, the scene that uh, stands out to me is that one where he's walking down the hallway and laughs and then is serious and he's just this guy on the edge that you don't know what he's going to do and it's it, it I think the film did a fairly good job of painting mental illness for people that aren't aware of it or familiar with it so I thought that that the way that they used that was pretty realistic um the ending is a completely different story but i i think what the again todd phillips did for the the shots and i think i even watched one of those like variety videos of him breaking down like a scene and mm -hmm. the, the the thoughts and creativity and just the the thinking behind that one specific scene i was like this is crazy where the because the guy was doing hangover and saying i'm here for the gangbang and then all of a sudden <laughs> he's doing a joker yeah, this was this was a this was another movie where I, I can see the merits. I understand. I get that it's an Oscar movie that it's going to get nominated. I get that Joaquin Phoenix is probably going to get nominated and possibly win. Um, but I didn't enjoy it. It didn't. It made me feel awful. Uh, and it it, it I, I didn't. It wasn't the type of movie that I love coming out of. But I could I could totally see uh, what was great about it. And I have high praise mm -hmm. for it, but it's just not, it wasn't my taste. That, that's why I didn't feature it. Now, if it mm -hmm. if, if we, if we tried to break down where it was more of a critical review than just my personal preference, then Joker would be high on my list. Cause I think it's excellent filmmaking. Um, but, uh, not a movie that I can comfortably say that I loved. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, this, this one, I was very, I had a lot of, uh, hype for, and maybe again, that's probably one of these cases too, where I was very hyped for this one. It's normally a movie that I, I would usually have on my list because uh, it is pretty fucked up and, and you know, kind of sad, but <laughs> or very sad. But, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think it was my expectations. I didn't like some of the Bruce Wayne stuff in it. Um, I didn't. Uh, it, it did almost make me feel like I, like sympathetic, like they were trying to go sympathetic for Joker at times. Mm -hmm. And I, I didn't yeah. necessarily like that. But it was really well done, really well directed. Acting was phenomenal. The style was awesome. It was a really style, like cool, stylized movie. I love the '80s feel to it, um, or '70s. Was it '70s? Uh, I think it was like '84. '80s. Okay. Um, lot. I mean, really well done. It just uh, for me, it didn't didn't land uh, like I really wanted it to. I guess. Okay. Yeah. Number five. This is where uh, you mentioned earlier waves. This is where I have waves. Um, uh, the the, uh, the Calvin Harrison Jr. his other movie this year, uh, Sterling K. Brown is, is in this as well. Um, this one for me is interesting because this was way more. We talked about I talked about style. This is way more of a movie that that was based around style, cinematography, music, all that stuff. I mean, there isn't a. I mean, it's obviously it's a personal story and everything like that. But there's not a ton of dialogue. I mean, it's it's probably the least amount of dialogue that I have in any of these movies um that that are in my list but uh the story is very much told through a lot of the the shots and um the the feelings that they want you to feel are done through 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 the cinematography it's very close up and it makes you feel anxious and 
uh, kind of like Uncut Gems, like we talked about. Very, the whole movie makes you feel anxious, but it's done not through the story or the anything like that. It's it's more done through the through the the camera work and the the music and just some insane shots that I that I haven't seen before in a movie. Um, Calvin Harrison Jr. does his acting though is incredible. Liked him more in Loose. Uh, I thought he had to do more in Loose, but mm-hmm. what he had to do here in here in Waves was was phenomenal. Sterling K. Brown uh, plays a little bit different of a role in this one than he kind of does in This Is Us. Um, I, it just overall, this one I think is is, is an absolute must see. It's the, the some of the things done in this movie I, I have not seen before. So uh, I th- this is one that I walked out of just like holy crap, this is this is insane. Um, it definitely, this, this is one to check out and, and, uh, cracks my top five for sure. Well, shit, Uh, I gotta check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that sounds amazing. Uh, I certainly want to see those guys. Um, from one end of the emotional spectrum to the other, my number five is Spider-Man Far From Home. Uh, (laughs) Spider-Man. Um, I think that. For Spider-Man, now this is this is of course you know back to me talking about my preferences. I just I just love a good Spider-Man movie, and I think this is one of the best Spider-Man movies we've gotten. Um, this Far From Home, I think because it didn't have to do a ton like within the MCU, it's obviously got its tie-ins, but because it takes place after Endgame, uh, it didn't have a ton to set up. Um, and for the first time in this movie, I really enjoyed the storyline um about peter parker and his relationship with tony stark i thought that was really enjoyable uh and it drove a lot of the movie but i think more than anything this was the the most the closest we've gotten to seeing just a live action comic book when it comes to spider-man like this felt like watching an old episode of the spider-man animated series you know with some of the things they did and the way they presented mysterio and uh, some of the other things in this movie so this was just like peak spider-man for me and uh, so it, it, I couldn't shake it out of my list because uh, I loved it too much. This is, I haven't watched it a second time yet, but I remember just feeling like, oh, this is just, this is perfect Spidey. So you're not going to have perfect Spidey and not make my list. That's for damn sure. <laughs> <laughs> I remember rewatching this and I think in a rewatch or actually what you had just said, it was very uh, reminiscent of the cartoon. I was watching the cartoon a couple days ago and I was like, damn, this is, this is exactly like how far from home or not. Yeah. Far from home was, um, but rewatching it, it's one of those things that you start noticing things, and it was very clever because uh, Jake Gyllenhaal's character and a few others are hidden in the background in a lot of the scenes. Mm, that's pretty awesome. See, now, I, now that makes me want to go rewatch Spider-Man, which I, I don't usually need convincing to do anyway. <laughs> um, I think this one kind of suffered a little bit for me just from coming uh, coming so close from uh, Into the Spider-Verse. I think you talk about Perfect Spidey. That's Perfect Spidey. Oh, God. Gotcha. Um, that was my, I think and, that might have been my number one last year. That was amazing. Yeah. It's it's incredible. And and so um, is I, I enjoyed Far uh, Far From Home a lot. I really did. And I, especially coming off of so close from Endgame and, and the fallout from that. I thought that was really cool. There are a lot of cool things set up in that in Far From Home. Um, but you know, I, I think that for me, it's hard not to compare it to to Into the Spider Verse and want something like that, or at least you know uh, that level. And and uh, again, not to say that Far From Home is bad, but Into the Spider Verse is so good that I can't quite put it up, you know, high in my list or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I can dig that. All right, my number five is going to be Jojo Rabbit. That one is an honorable mention for me. Oh my god. <laughs> Did, what what do you have on your list? <laughs> um, yeah, this one again was uh, this uh, almost 
equal balance between comedy satire um laughing out loud moments and then this very emotional uh wet cody moments you know um yeah. what taika watiti did in this film is really just fantastic because uh what what's the name of the main little boy noah is it noah something no uh, i don't know god i don't know someone's gonna be like yelling at their computer right now <laughs> but, uh, uh, but he drives this film with alongside the the girl from uh what leave no trace um thomas and mckenzie yeah there we go wait isn't and, the kid called jojo is that his name well yeah but i meant like his actual <laughs> name oh the actor <laughs> um, um his name's also jojo yeah his it's just jojo it's like sherry only has one name um <laughs> but I didn't Roman actually Griffin watch Davis. a trailer for this, so that's why this one I think stuck with me a little bit more because I had no clue um, that there was that whole um, kind of someone else in the house and whatnot. And then there's so many emotional moments from Scarlett Johansson's character. And again, there's all these like little tiny funny bits with uh, Sam Rockwell's character. Like I just loved him and where he was going in this film in the very end. Um, yeah, it's just there's so many different emotions in this film and what Taika Waititi did. Even him as Hitler was one of those things that I'm like, oh, I don't know how this is going to land. And the second he shows up on screen is just just perfect like comedy in his films. Yeah, this movie yeah, was I, super unique. Oh, like it's it, it didn't make my list, but I, I remember just thinking it was so charming. You know, and mm -hmm. it reminded me a lot of watching a Wes Anderson movie, weirdly enough, specifically, I think like Moonrise Kingdom, um, yeah. it had had some of those vibes and it just was so like, so witty and cute most of the time. And it has, there's, there's one moment in this that feels like getting shot when you, yeah. when yep. there's an emotional moment in this where it's just like, oh crap. Um, but, uh, this is one I'm hoping to watch again. I, I think I'll enjoy it a lot more if I see it again. For whatever reason, it didn't. I enjoyed it a lot, but it didn't land with me like it did for some. Because I know it's featuring on a lot of people's lists, and uh, it wasn't something I considered for my top ten. But I did like it a lot, and the kids in this were dope. This Thomas and McKenzie, I saw Leave No Trace this year. Also, um, mm -hmm. she is going to do some fun stuff. I'm, I'm excited to see what she's going to do next. She's fantastic. Yeah, I um, Eric, echo all the things both of you guys said. I think this is another one that falls under the hype for me like mm. this one had a shitload of hype for a very long time and since the day it was announced it had hype and so what finally seeing it I, I did really enjoy it 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 was in my 10 spot for a, a long time um even just a couple weeks ago making you know kind of making the final touches to the list but um for me it just didn't quite again live up to, to some of the expectations i personally had for it nothing against the movie i, I could definitely see it be, having a lot of nominations coming up but um in, in the end not quite on my top 10 list Number four. I think this one might be a can kick from Jared here. This is where I have Brittany runs a marathon. Yeah, we would like to kick that one, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm excited to talk about that one. Uh, let's see, we're number four here. So, okay, here's a movie that I I, I think it's moved up since the mid-year uh, top ten, which I, this is the only case where I know that that's happened. Um, but the more I think about it, the more I think about how much I just fucking loved this movie. Uh, I've got Rocket Man actually at number four. Which, oh wow! All right. Yeah, I'm not surprised to know that I'm the highest on this. But this is a movie that is so. I could at any moment if someone's like, "Hey, do you want to sit down right now and watch Rocket Man?" I absolutely would. Like it's it's just such a fun 
movie and it's so charming and the way that they do the uh the way they do the music in this the way that it's kind of fantastical and more like a musical than uh you know it doesn't try to be grounded in gritty realism like like other movies like it might uh it feels honest it tells some real shit not just the good stuff about elton john and uh, it just feels like a party to be there you know listening to all that music and the way they did especially like um uh i know the tiny dancer rendition is one of i listen to that all the time uh, mm-hmm. just just for enjoying the you know the song itself but mm-hmm. uh this movie was i it just hit me right in my sweet spot it just it made me so happy and Gross. listening to his music and it it made me more of an Elton John fan than I was before and that's you know it had a fucking impact on what listen music I listened to so that's pretty awesome yeah i enjoyed it too um the the still standing that when he does that song well mm-hmm. this is the one remember where i saw the intro like uh, 17 <laughs> times <laughs> um but no, I, I did really enjoy this one as well. Um, not it's just not my typically you know my typical type of movie uh, to to have hit my you know top ten at the end of the year or anything like that. But great music, uh, Taron Egerton is is great. Um, yeah, I, I agree with a lot of what you said. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one as well. I think that uh, the reason I did was because of the more kind of fantastical, borderline musical take on the songs and whatnot, and. Yeah, I mean, I I listen to uh, Elton John every now and then because it comes up, and I don't know. Yeah, the music and what what he did for the performance, and almost I don't know. I thought that this was going to be almost another Bohemian Rhapsody, but I'm loving that they did this again, like you mentioned, in a fantastical manner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Totally. All right, over to my list for number four is going to be one earlier, Uncut Gems. Oh, I got to put the brakes on you yet again, Jared, and kick that can a bit further down there. Oh, Jesus. Oh, man, I wanted to talk about it. Nope. <laughs> All right, let's move on well, to number shoot three. A pickle. <laughs> shoot a pickle. <laughs> number three. And I'm going to hear a can kick. Book smart. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Uh, I'm the fucking can man, baby. You're not bringing your cans around me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the can man. <laughs> The can man can. I'm kicking all the motherfucking <laughs> cans today. I'm the can man, baby. Oh, man. All right, let's can't pick catch up one me. of the I'm cans. I'm the can man. Yeah, you can't catch me. Uh, Uncut Gems is my number three. So I, Okay, I finally. Jesus. <laughs> Which, uh, this is a movie. I, I talk, I've talked a few times while we made this list about, like, I like feeling good and happy when I leave movies. And what's spe- so special about Uncut Gems is it does not make me feel good or happy. <laughs> Um, but I loved it this time. Like it's, it, it is every, all the same shit that I said about Midsummer, where I'm like, oh, it's a brilliant film and I understand what there is to like about it, but it made me feel so awful. All those things are also true about Uncut Gems, but I loved it in this case. Um, Adam Sandler is incredible in this. Uh, it looks like a nomination prob- is probable for him based on the talk we're hearing. Um, this is one of the best of the year. Uh, the Safdie brothers in this, the, the atmosphere that they create and the way that they ramp up tension in this is I was on the edge of my seat for the entire two hours plus of this movie. And it was a relief when it ended. And that was to be gripped in that way was something really special. And I think I didn't know a lot about the movie before I went in. And so the whole thing was a surprise to me. And it was such a pleasant one. Like this, I immediately knew I was like, this is going to be in my top 10. Like as soon as I walked out of the theater. 
Yeah, I basically piggybacking on top of everything you said. I think the first five minutes were the most stressful. Like I was like, if this is gonna be the whole movie, I don't know if I can do it because <laughs> eighteen people are talking, phones are going off, telephone like uh, TVs in the background. People, it's just this one of those stressful things, and that's what the goddamn the whole movie does. And it, it it's that uneasy tension that is throughout the film that makes everything on screen hit even harder plus Mm -hmm. the uh the the synth score that they did for this uh movie is it it hits on both spectrums i mean when when it's playing in certain aspects where i'm not gonna get into spoilers but uh, say a bad thing in the movie is happening it's dreadful it's darker um the the synth is slower but then when say uh howard hits it big or there's a win in his world it's very kind of like fantastical and fairy tale like and really almost brings this optimistic feel to those scenes but man this movie yeah is one that like is amazing like well acted well shot well directed but i probably won't watch this again (laughs) (laughs) no you guys hit on hit on everything here um it's a it's it's from moment one till the end it's it's one of those you're definitely on a ride you're definitely uh, sucked into it it's it's there's a ton of tension um even though howard is you know kind of a a shitty person you still kind of you feel for him in a lot of instances and and uh you're just really you know you're judging him for all the decisions he makes but you're also rooting for him too it's it's pretty crazy and uh, i love the safety brothers good time and, and uncut gems are both uh, movies that I, I really, really thought are, are great and uh, can't wait to see more from him. And it's great to see Sandler do as well as he did in this movie. Um, he's had a lot of crap in, in his career with movies. And, you know, I've really come come back onto him after the the uh, 100% fresh special. Can't wait to see his next one, uh, whenever that might may be. But um, he, he's he's really doing some great things right now. And hearing this story, I've t- listened to a ton of interviews around it. And, you know, he, this has been on his plate for like 10 years now. They brought the script to him early on before they were even, you know, big filmmakers or, you know, that type of thing. And um, they finally got a chance to make it. And so, yeah, I, I did really, really enjoy this movie as well. I think then that makes Jared's three. Okay, my number three. Uh, getting into number three, I have Ford v. Ferrari. Kick that can. All right, we're kicking it. Oh, wow. <laughs> there, end the show there. Um, number two time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> number two. This one, I don't think, I don't know if, I don't think Cody's seen it, and I don't think this will be on Jared's top ten. Uh, I have marriage story here. Oh, wow, really? No. Yeah. This is one where I had it lower uh, on my list. This is one that sat with me, though, and the more I've thought about it. Um, this one is definitely driven for a few reasons for me, and it's the performances. Number one is the performances of Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Um, both, I think, these are the best performances of their career, respectively. Um, there's one scene in particular with, with Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson that I think is going to stick with me for a very long time. Uh, it's a story, though, for me, too, that that I had stuff to relate to with it. And, again, this is another one that, that I had a few uh, tears scored out of my eyes. Um it's it's a very real story. Uh, this is one that you could really feasibly see in the it happen in the real world that you could you know this is one that you could just drop into someone's life and see. Uh, but what what is done so well about it is the acting and, and the directing and, and all that and it's 
it's it's not a movie though entirely that makes you feel sad or you know anything like that. There's definitely sad moments, but there's some happy moments. You feel the real happy moments in their relationship. So when you see the because obviously this movie is about their divorce, so when you see that happen, it, it does you know it, it it's not. I mean, it makes you feel bad, but it, it none of it feels like out out of the the realm of possibility. It doesn't feel too over uh, dramatic dra- uh, dramatized. Is that the word? Um, I don't know. I, I just really enjoyed this one. I think this is going to have a lot of nominations. I think Adam Driver is definitely... I think this is one that, you know, a lot of people talk about jo- Joaquin Phoenix being the best actor. I think Adam Driver is going to give him a run for his money here, along with maybe Adam Sandler. So um should be a really good award season to watch there. But uh, Noah Baumbach does a great job directing this one. Um, this one stuck with me. And still, I, I, anytime... I, watching Star Wars, I was seeing... <laughs> I was seeing Adam Driver like that character. It's 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 weird. Um, he, he's he's a great actor. This one real. I mean, obviously Adam Driver has did a Black Klansman, um, and he was really great in that. But this one for me was like this is a ton of this movie is on him, and he this one to me shows like this guy has a long career doing a lot of prestige stuff, and he he can really drive a movie on his own. So I, I enjoyed this one quite a bit. Cody, have you seen this one? No, but I it, it's. It's one that I keep saying, like, oh, I can't wait to see. Uh, but it's in my Netflix queue. Uh, I'm assuming I'll watch it when I'm covering for Oscars. But uh, yeah. I'm excited. This It seems like they're both acting their asses off in this, which I'm, I'm really stoked to see. Yeah, I would say that that, uh, I mean, again, Seth, you, you pretty much said it all. But um, the acting, I would say the acting from even uh, the, the two lawyers, essentially, Laura Dern yeah. and Ray, is it Ray, Ray Liotta? Um, I believe so. Yeah, they are like the, a whole different thing. And I guess the little turnoff of why I didn't rate this higher is because I didn't realize that it was a comedy drama. I guess mm-hmm. um, I thought it was going to just be straight up drama. So when they they started throwing in these borderline, uh, I wouldn't say caricatures, but more comedy, more comedic characters. I guess I was like, oh, is that what, what kind of film is this? But there's that one scene that's been all over Twitter that everyone knows about now um, of the argument, and that right there is that's why this movie is so damn good because that chemistry between the two, but the acting between the two. Absolutely. Let's see here. Number two for me, you guys. I'm about <laughs> to drop the biggest bombshell of 2019. Uh, no, stop. My number two is Booksmart. Um, what the hell's number one? If it's a, if Elite is number one, I swear to God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you'll 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 get you'll understand my number one. Um, I have Booksmart at number two, and this is this broke this broke my heart. Honestly, I I lost sleep over this. Um, but at the end of the day, there was there was one film, um, that that I had to put above Booksmart. But this is you've heard me if you've listened to this podcast at all this year, you've heard me shout the praises of Booksmart. I think it's damn near perfect comedy it's brilliant coming of age it's incredibly well acted by the two leads it's super well directed uh by olivia wilde in this i love the style i love the mood it creates the story that it tells is awesome and relatable and personal and uh it's it it gets five wet cody's out of five i have nothing bad to say about Booksmart. it's one of one of my favorite movies Gross. of all time uh, but there there was but one that i had to i had to put above I, I agree. I mean, again, Booksmart was my number three, so not not too far off. This is one. I mean, it's a testament too. This came out early in the year. I I think I saw it even a couple weeks earlier than than it actually came out, and it's it, it's perfect for the coming of age. It's hilarious. Uh, Caitlin Deaver and and uh, oh, Beanie Feldstein. Uh, they're they are 
the chemistry is apparent immediately when they're on the screen and you're immediately sucked into these this two these two friendship um it's it's great it's i this is the only one I, that i've rewatched since uh that's on my list that i've rewatched since it came out i own it and and i've watched it and it holds up it's it's great i i do i, I love this movie a lot yeah, um, T-Buck actually had this on last night, so I probably caught a good hour of it. And, again, I was laughing. Like you mentioned, the chemistry between the two is perfect. But uh, the for, for me, my favorite character was uh, Gigi. Uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> oh, God, what's her name? Billy Lord. Yeah, there we go. Billy Lord, my God. Like, what the character, just the bizarre character they gave her. Also, the Jared guy that's from uh, Santa Clarita Diet. Like, he. Skylar Gisanto. Yeah, everyone in this movie is like borderline caricatures, but then again, it's like that's honestly how high school kids are now. They're all mm-hmm. kind of, you know, it's. We grew up with Superbad, and this is their version of Superbad, essentially. But yep. there's so many, Cody, like you said, so many comedic, like. Every scene has a part that you're going to smile, laugh, chuckle. Um, this is Olivia Wilde nailed this one. Mm-hmm. There is there is a single scene in this that I still maintain is the best scene I saw in 2020. That is a long running shot. Um, that's a big scene between the two leads, and it's uh, it's yep. it just made it made me so warm inside to be like, oh god, they 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 did this, and that is awesome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it just you ever see something that is so good cinematically that you're like, oh, this is what I wanted. <laughs> uh, that that's what this had for me the entire time. It was great. Yeah, this was, th- that one was a big surprise to me. I guess uh, coming out of the theaters, but yeah, oh, totally. Okay, my number two, and I doubt it's going to be on either of you guys' lists. Uh, Parasite. Nope. Nope. I got to see this. You still haven't every, seen every, it, Cody? Every time I read something about this, it sounds like something I'm going to really enjoy when I catch it. Yeah, um, I guess this one, you know, foreign film. Uh, Bong Joon Ho directs it, and I. I from the opening you think it's one thing and then it morphs into another thing and then it morphs into another thing it a lot of people have said it's kind of this genre bend type movie it kind of hits the spectrum of hey if you want this it has that if you want this it has that and uh i i knew nothing going into this film and i was pleasantly surprised by the the comedic sides of it the serious sides and this almost like undertones of messages and class and the almost I'm not even gonna say it the there's things in the end and I I don't know again this one was one that I walked out and I instantly was like this is in my top 10 of the year I don't know if it's gonna be my very favorite or top one but everything in this movie was just so so I I wouldn't say genius but it was just so well crafted and the the weird situations that they put these despicable characters in and the the messes with again it, it could have been this thing where it's a culture that i'm not used to so these people are acting a certain way that i'm like well that just seems a little weird or oh that would make sense and whatnot so yeah Bar- parasite is is a must see this year um th- this is uh you, you guessed it an honorable mention <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh th- this is this is probably the one i've been talking about for the entire time that had so much hype going into it for me that it didn't quite live up to what I've been hearing. Like best movie. This is one that I heard like best movie of the decade. Uh, not, decade. Yep. It's it's like one of the best, it's like the best foreign movie of all time and all this stuff. And I, I, I agree with everything you said. I thought it was really well done. 
Um, just for it, just didn't quite land with me like some of the others. It's really close. It, it definitely flirted with my top ten for a while. But uh, Jared, I, I am going to spoil the, spoil the end here. Um, I could not believe Carrot Top stole the money in the end. I, right? I, I was like, well, man, I can't believe that they got him. That's the first thing. <laughs> and that raises a lot of questions and, for me. And and they let him do some of his prop comedy. I know. <laughs> it was it was nuts. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> Sorry for spoiling it, people. <laughs> <laughs> Number one. This is where I Ford v. Ferrari, obviously, because I can't kick it very far. This is one. Now, I talked about expectations. I had high expectations for this one, for sure. Um, the trailer, every time I saw it, which I think I saw it like 1,300 times, um, I loved it. I was so excited for it. And when I walked out of this one, I just... I it, I was like this lived up and it 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 is unquestionably my favorite of the year the 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 race like I'm not even a big racing fan but I loved it like the racing is some of the best I've ever seen uh the the sound the 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 cinematography the acting all of it was was great uh the story I mean is it's again a very personal like story with Carol Shelby and, and Ken Miles um their friendship is you you buy it's the weird friendship because they they're, you know, they kind of butt heads, but in, you know, w- when it comes down to it, that's the meat of the story that like, that's, you feel their friendship that that's really what it comes down to. They, Carol Shelby has to make some tough decisions when it comes to him. And like you, you he does, you can tell he doesn't want to make those decisions, but when he does, like there's those hard hitting moments. I just overall, like I walked out of this one feeling both like happy, sad, excited. Like it, it had, like your mom says, it made me laugh. It made me cry. <laughs> it, everything. Uh, I 1 million percent loved this movie. And, and this is one I'll definitely rewatch again. Uh, this is probably the most rewatchable movie that I have on my list uh, other than maybe Booksmart, but it's, I, I, I can't wait to watch it again. I, I absolutely love this movie 100%. Yeah, this was a blast to watch. I saw this in IMAX, and the sound was incredible. Like, it, Mm -hmm. they found, I think they did science and found out what noises they needed to make to make a person feel like masculine like i felt like i felt like more like a man when i watched this movie because i was like into the car i don't give a shit about cars at all but they were like revving up the cars and you could feel the fucking sound in the theater and i was like oh fuck like like i lowered my voice when i left the theater um and then i almost ripped my shifter out of my corolla trying to speed out of the parking lot um and and two, this is like I know there's people we know. Lindsay uh, has, you know, has criticisms of this movie, and it's and I think the criticisms are that you know it's, we've seen all this before. But what James James Mangold does, he does everything expertly. It's like it's all perfectly done, mm-hmm. and so that's what makes it for me the, my favorite movie. And and I mean I I would give this my if I had an Oscar vote I would give this an Oscar vote. It's it's just all done so perfectly well. The the way it's shot, the way you know, like you said, the sound, the acting, the directing editing all of it is done so well i just appreciate it on that level along with the the story and and everything around it i i loved it this is one that i i had i put it at number two initially because i was like uh maybe maybe i like when i walked out i had it at number two because i was like maybe you know it's just recency and then days like leading up i'm like yeah it's it's my favorite and it's not close (laughs) Yeah, this is technically brilliant. You talk about James Mangold uh, coming off of Logan, uh, which was, uh, I mean, on this show, we're not as huge of fans as as, as some people are, but uh, definitely did something interesting and creative with Logan. And you can see a little bit of his stamp on this, but this is just technically amazing. Like, um, mm-hmm. it's a, it, it's 
where it's not it's not you know we talked a second ago like parasite which is super different in that it's foreign and you've got to do the subtitles and it's all genre bendy and just like you said seth you know what you're getting with ford v ferrari it's race cars but they do it so technically well that it's like fuck you know you you have to buy in just because they made it so well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um again you guys pretty much said it all the chemistry amongst the two and so like uh christian bale is so goddamn likable in this movie Mm -hmm. it's it's unreal and um i think even the theater experience for this one really helped myself because this was a morning movie i actually went to the flicks brew house here so i had a beer at like 10 30 watching these cars (laughs) just blow my face off with their sound effects and Cody, you had mentioned, like, the sound of these cars is ridiculous. Like, you could tell, and again, I don't know the models of the cars, but you could tell the difference between the vehicles by the sounds their engines made. So Mm -hmm. it was that unique kind of take on, or not unique, the attention to detail that they did for everything in this movie. Plus, the driving scenes, the, the racing scenes were some of the most, like, engaging scenes of this movie. Like, this, Mm -hmm. I, I kind of wish I would have put this higher, but it just, again, it didn't happen that way, but man, I love, like, this is a movie I will seek out, turn up the speakers, and watch. Um, my number one here, and for, for 11 out of 12 months, uh, it was gonna be Booksmart. Don't correct my math, because I know it didn't come out in January, but um, <laughs> Booksmart was going to be my number one right up until the end of the year. I've had the same number two for a long time, and I finally swapped them. Um, I have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as my number one. Oh, wow. And uh, fans of the show know I'm a big Tarantino fan, and this was like perfect Tarantino. Like if everything Tarantino did before this was practice, this was putting it all together. And he got incredible performances out of the the leads. Uh, the story is is funny and interesting and has lots of surprises, even though it's historically based. Um, this is some of my favorite DiCaprio that I've ever seen. But this is just every everything you come to expect from Tarantino is in this. There's great action. There's uh, super great dialogue. The music and the, just the vibe, the general like 60s Hollywood vibe is present in here. And I just loved living in this. It was super long. It was like two hours, 45 but it really gives you a chance to kind of sink into that world. And it's got just that kind of sunny disposition, even though some of the stuff they're doing isn't so sunny. But uh, I listen to the soundtrack all the time, which is really cool because it's got little radio interludes that they recorded that sound like it's from the 60s. Um, but this this scratched every Tarantino itch that I have. And this is something that I'll watch a lot. Uh, I think that, um, you know, comparing it to Booksmart for me, while I love Booksmart just as much, uh, I think Once Upon a Time is a little more ambitious uh, and had to do a little more technically uh, to do what it wanted to do well. So I had to give it the slight edge. But uh, this is, it goes right near the top of my Tarantino list, uh, which is, you know, he's probably my favorite director, if not one of my top three. So um, I had to had to have him at the top spot. So then th- this, this just, uh, this is out on home video and I think I own it but I haven't I haven't gotten to watch it a second time yet but I'm very stoked to do that uh, when I when I do get an opportunity because uh, yeah this one this one was awesome for me you talk about high expectations going in and it delivered at least for me yeah I totally uh, whatchamacallit the uh I, I loved how this film like you could tell how well the acting was because it's uh DiCaprio acting as an actor, having to act, but not doing that well at acting. So it, it was yeah. this weird kind of like <laughs> inception type thing that I I just 
again, it's all around a fantastic uh, movie. I I think I expected something a little bit different from it, but the last, actually, no, that's what it was. I thought the movie was ramping up to be done, and then I'm like, holy shit, there's another 45 minutes to this movie. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's what I mean. I, I wouldn't say a turn off, but I guess it wasn't what I expected. And then that last like 30 minutes is just tense to really see how this uh, plays out, but also throwing in those dark comedic uh, Tarantino flavor elements into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I like this one a lot too. I, I'm you're definitely a way bigger Tarantino fan than I am, so th- mm-hmm. that's that's uh, that's probably why you know you have this a lot higher. Uh, I thought everything really is really well done technically. I thought Brad Pitt. I think this is the best, best, best. Breast? Oh, nice. Yeah, the best Brad Pitt we've gotten. He is he is incredible in this one. Uh, very funny, but uh, really you know uh, grounded as well. Uh, that end though is crazy. Um, but uh, yeah, o- overall, I I enjoyed this one. I think it was a little bit long for me. Um, you know, there there was parts where it kind of dragged a bit for me, uh, but I did enjoy this a lot. All right, Jared, round us out. Okay, uh, Seth, you already kicked this one. You know that it is Brittany Runs a Marathon. Nice. Number one. one. Cody, did you ever see this? I did. I love it. This is one uh, that was very, very close to my 10th spot. Gross. Yeah, this this film, I I think I I went in and I honestly didn't know what to expect. I was like, okay, this girl's going to run a marathon. That's it. And (laughs) it really almost hit on this weird i i found a lot of similarities in this movie that connected to my own life and i almost twisted it so i was like this story hits on such a personal level because you know you're you're in this certain age of life you don't know what you're doing you're kind of just essentially wasting time and and that's what jillian bell's character is doing she's trying to kind of just going out partying her job is a mess her friends aren't truly her friends and it's one of those things where it's like what do I need to do to almost pick up as a hobby? And then it it brings your life in balance and you begin to get things on track. And I think that it was that element. And again, Jillian Bell, she starts off as a character that you do not like at all. She's very uh, borderline despicable. You know, it, it, you know these people. You've worked with these people. And then by the end of the story, she becomes this different person. And she's very mm-hmm. kind of closed off. You know, she doesn't – she thinks that these people around her, for example, her neighbor, is this one person. But then when you find out and, uh, I guess, get to know people or become friends with people, they sort of have not this pretty life that you think everyone has. And they have the same – everyone has problems and i guess that that's kind of what this movie focused on is it uh, life is maybe shitty you find something and then you go off and you get rid of all the things that are really keeping you down and kind of almost start anew this was cool i this felt like a coming of age movie for like late 20s people yes that is exactly what it is that last mm-hmm. little bit of maturing and, and realizing what's important and becoming an adult is what this movie is about. And it was this movie, you talk about wet Cody's. I was wet necked um, oh, at the end of this movie. Gross. Holy shit. Yeah, the last um, 10 minutes, I was just, the whole, th- I, I think there was like 10 people in my theater and everyone was crying. Yeah. This is to, you know, you talk about like Avengers when everyone is like getting into and screaming and cheering and stuff. And people did that in my showing of this movie. And for them to take, and it's a, such a simple movie. It's not long. Uh, they're, they're not doing anything really that's, you know, stylistically crazy or anything like that. But just the, the they just tell a really honest 
story and she does jillian bell um does such a great job here uh kind of transforming over the course of the movie this was amazing um we we were joking after when this came out uh about how it relates to our own lives and uh the my the character i related to in this was the shitty friend of hers um, <laughs> and i was like oh crap that, that's a good dose of uh, of self uh, uh self-understanding but um, it was an interesting thing to kind of, especially for people of our age, I think it's a high recommend for sure. Yeah. And then, um, you know, add in with uh, the, her, her other, I guess, interest in this and Jaren, he's, he's awesome. Um, he was, he was really funny. And then the thing that, that I, I mean, everything that you said, Jared, with, with, uh, you know, kind of that place in life, definitely agree with that, like connecting to that, but also I connected to personally was like the weight loss stuff. Mm-hmm. I think the way they did that, I've never seen that done like so accurately. Cause I had gone through like the same thing she had did and ter- had done in terms of like, you, you know, you go through that weight loss and, you know, especially if you're, you're a little bit higher up in weight and you start losing it very quickly, you, you start feeling really good and the numbers matter and, and you hear those compliments. But as soon as you start plateauing and maybe even go up a few pounds and it really, you know, it, it, it sucks and it pisses you off and that changes the way, you know, you kind of look at things and, and so, like that was awesomely done. I it, it a lot of great things in this movie. Uh, I definitely scored it during this movie. Uh, tears, you know. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that's it, nasty. <laughs> uh, this one's also on Amazon Prime, so that it's. It, I've had other people check it out, and they've said the same exact things, and it's great. It's absolutely great. I, I will definitely, uh, you know, if, if anyone ever asks about this movie, or if I need to recommend a movie for someone, there's so much to enjoy out of it. it it's it obviously one of my favorites of the year. Um, I loved this one from beginning to end. Yeah. This was a perfect one to round out uh, our top 10 because, you know, it's interesting because I, I remember doing this list last year and our top, our top like fours or so had a lot of the same movies. We just kind of scrambled the order. Um, mm-hmm. But our lists are super different this year and it's kind of cool to get to see, you know, what each of us is attracted to in a movie and um, all all 30 of the movies are, or 30 or so, there's probably what, 26 or seven between can kicks, but all the movies we've highlighted are, are all ones that, um, you know, we all agree are great, uh, just to different degrees. And so to that there's a that there's a world where we're getting this many awesome movies in a given year is it feels really cool. Uh, so I'm glad that um, that we got to see so much stuff. So uh, Brittany runs a marathon. I, as much as anything on these lists, gets a high high recommend from all three of us, uh, as you may be aware. But uh, what what did we miss, guys? What are what are the honorable mentions? Seth, do you have any left that weren't on Jared's list? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let me double check here. Um, one second. Yeah, I, I have a couple I that I know we haven't covered. All right, so I mentioned Jojo Rabbit. The Mustang was one I had in my top ten for a very long time. I can't believe that slid all. That was your number one at one point. It was, yeah. It just kind of slowly bounced off as, as more and more came out. Uh, Queen and Slim was up there for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pain and Glory, which was a, a foreign movie with Antonio Banderas. Yeah, I would I think say that... I would say Pain and Glory was very close to hitting my top ten. Yep, and then uh, one that I loved, it was my top ten for a long time, and it hurt me to kick out, was Ready or Not. I loved Ready or Not and still mm-hmm. do. <laughs> yeah, that one was enjoyable. Um, what else did I have? Um, let's see, a few things. Oh, I was a little surprised that this wasn't on anybody's top ten because I know we all liked it a lot. Uh, Peanut Butter Falcon was just outside mm-hmm. of my mm-hmm. top ten. That was another one that felt really personal and just sweet. Um I had I the long um, not the but just long shot was one that was close for me and I think that was just because it was a surprise I liked that movie a lot better than I anticipated I thought it'd be dumber than it was. Mm-hmm. Um, Dark Waters is one from recently 
that we talked about. I, I that's a movie I will go back to. Um, that one was really riveting for me. And then I had some stuff like Ad Astra, which you know that's because it's space. Um, I didn't like that movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, a lot of people didn't, but the space porn was enough for me. Uh, <laughs> I really enjoyed Bombshell these last few weeks. Um, yeah, that was a good one. That that one was enjoyable for me. Um, and then I'll mention one more, and then I want to give Jared a chance because I've got a few more, but I don't want to take them all. Um, yesterday, the Beatles music one. I okay. that was a good one. That is uh, that is eleven on my list. I I wanted so badly to put that up in there because I've actually seen it a few times. And it just makes me so warm and happy uh, on the inside. It converted me to a Beatles fan. I never Gross. cared about the Beatles before this year. And so this was a good way to get me really into their music. So yesterday is one that just makes me feel so nice. So I had to have it uh, on my honorables. What do you got, Jared? Yep. Yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest uh, Beatles fan, but the, I, I thoroughly enjoyed that film. Um, I'm just kind of scrolling through what movies I had seen. Uh, Teen Spirit was one that I thoroughly enjoyed. Ooh, yeah. Um, Man, that one, Seth, I'm glad you recommended that one because the music, mm-hmm. like, for the next month, I literally listened to that playlist on repeat on Spotify. Um, so that one was a good one. One that, a Netflix one that I think you guys both watched was Paddleton. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that was that a nice one. one. That one was, uh, that was, I guess, unexpected and very much like, I was like, oh, shit, I'm crying at home. What's happening? <laughs> um... I don't know, Cody, if you have more, I'll go jump back. Crawl was kind of fun. It wasn't good. Oh. It was fun. Yeah, that was I a like pleasant surprise. Yeah. I had A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood is one I would have loved to, to put into my top ten. I really liked that one. As far as comedies, uh, Good Boys was such an enjoyable it, – honestly, it mm-hmm. was nowhere near my top ten. But I, as mm, far as comedies yep. go, that was, that was an uh, awesome one and a nice surprise. Um, Knives Out, that one uh, I know oh, you yeah. guys liked. But that one, honestly, for me, wasn't – uh, it wasn't high on my list. I really enjoyed it, but it wasn't high on my list. But I, I kind of, I kind of figured one of you would have it in there. Um, so I was a little bit surprised to see that left off. I, I again, this was nowhere near my list, but uh, I really enjoyed Aladdin this year. I thought that was a pleasant mm-hmm. surprise too, um, especially with the music in that. And Seth, no John Wick in your top ten? No, no John. I mean, I like those movies. They've never been in my top ten. I love John Wick, but it's not like a yeah, you know, a typical top ten movie for me. But sure, excited for whenever the next one comes out. Yep. And of course, don't <laughs> do it. Oh, okay. Do it. I think I, I will make a case for Elite of Battle Angel because I think no. that for I there is a there is a there is a there is a fan base for this movie. There are people who really love Alita and I think that it's not Children. obviously it's not for everybody, but uh, there's a lot to enjoy about Alita. If you go in with an open mind and you're and you're willing to go the places where this movie wants to go, then it's great for that. But it's just not everyone's taste, and I get that not everyone's gonna love it. But I actually do like yeah. Alita. I had to kick it out of my top ten, and it broke my heart. But I thought it was a really fun, enjoyable movie when I saw it. I, thought I had a great so, time. So I'll say I I didn't I I just give it crap because you loved it so much. Yeah. Um. <laughs> I did I did enjoy it. it. I mean, it was it was more. It, I was. I got more out of it out of it than I was expecting, so mm-hmm. it's definitely a surprising movie. I know Jared, that was on your uh, top ten surprising movies list. So uh, yeah, it's it's good. It, it, I mean, it's definitely cheesy as hell, and and uh, that the guy, the love interest in that is not a good actor, but <laughs> uh, it it was fun. Yeah, I would love to see more in that world. Like again, it, it that was very much kind of popcorn. I didn't expect this. Uh, just. I mean, the special effects were pretty darn good on that character, Rosa Salazar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, totally. 
I'm okay with Alita being the last word. <laughs> That's fine. I'll give it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 at least it wasn't in your top ten list. That's all I can say. I really wanted. I really wanted to slip it in there, but uh, but I couldn't. couldn't Whoa! <laughs> all right, folks. Uh, that is it. That's our list of the top ten films from the year 2019. I'm sure we missed some stuff. Let us know in the comments uh, or on Facebook or Twitter at Soko Show Pod what we left out. Uh, whether or not our orders are whack. Whether or not you think I'm a pussy for letting Booksmart slip to two, I don't know. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. Uh, certainly still some 2019 quote-unquote releases that are going to be Oscar-worthy or Oscar-capable, uh, um, but those have been limited releases, things like 1917 that we haven't been able to see yet. Uh, so the conversation will continue about 2019 as we get into the Oscar times. Actually, as we're recording, the Golden Globes are on, so that's going to be something we'll be covering next week. But um yeah, great year, great year for 2019, and we start back at one now for uh, for 2020. So uh, let's move away from Mambo, and we're going to quickly review a few movies that we've seen in the last couple weeks, uh, at least one of which was featured just now on our list. So uh, let's move over to reviews. Mom, what do you think? I love it! I hate it! Okay, let's kind of go in order of release here. So why don't we start with one that I know each of the two of you has seen. And Seth, this was in your top ten list, uh, Little Women from Christmas Weekend. I feel like I pretty much re- pretty much reviewed it with uh, my top ten. So I don't know if I need to go over all of it again. But Jared, do you have anything really to, to add to it? Um, I don't think so. I mean, uh, you basically said what you wanted. I, I think, again, Greta Gerwig, her style is all over this film. And I mm-hmm. like how she essentially took a risk about the storytelling, um, the non-linear storytelling, I guess, and it, yeah. I thought it paid off pretty well. It definitely yeah. captures the the time period that they're into really well. Yep. Um, all the, you know, the, the costumes and everything like that are perfect. Um, they don't, like, they don't necessarily have, like, the, the old-timey, like, like, speak to them. Like, they, they a lot of it's just very natural yep. language. Yep. Um, and so that was something like that I thought it would have a barrier to it going in was like maybe it would have some of that that speak to it like the hey I see you know like well, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, there but, was that, and then also Emma Watson, you know, her British accent slipped out a couple times. Yeah, but but overall I thought it was just very natural, and I I, I liked I loved that movie a lot. Well, there you have it. There's a uh, Little Women, same weekend, Christmas weekend. I went out and saw the new animated offering from I think DreamWorks. I don't know, uh, Spies in Disguise which has Will Smith and uh, Tom Holland in it. And I I can be brief on this one because this is just a nice, cute, enjoyable kids animated movie. Uh, It's not, you know, there occasionally you get one of these that really, you know, goes over the top and adults get really into. I don't think this is that, but this is one that like if you're forced to watch it with some kids or if you're just that bored and you go alone on a Saturday morning, um, to the movie theater, I, just for an example, uh, you won't you won't be pissed that you saw this. It, it's fun. It's got some dumb little fart jokes and things for kids, but it's enjoyable, um, and it's got some heart and it's got some nice messages as well. And there's actually some surprisingly cool action around the spy stuff. The animation here allowed them to do some pretty sweet stuff uh, with the action in this. So, uh, spies in disguise, especially if you have kids and you want something to watch with them, this will be a, an enjoyable watch for for the for mommy and daddy as well. So. Um, yeah, I liked it. I'd recommend it for sure. Don't say mommy. <laughs> oh, mommy. <laughs> <laughs> That's, there's no way I'm not making that a sounder. I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Jared, for that little noise there. You're welcome. Uh, That's my gift for, to you. Yeah, that's SoCo history right there. The first time you heard I it. I really like feet. 
Wait, I that guy, really that guy will be like feet. <laughs> he will be returning. Yeah, oh. Feet guy. You know why? It's His because all Glenn. the YouTube. Oh, Glenn is you know why Glenn's coming back is because of all the quotes uh, or all the comments on YouTube people are just in your comments being like give me what I want and what they want is more Glenn <laughs> what else did we see um a hidden life so this was yeah. the big Terrence Malick release uh that is did you go to the theaters to see this or is this streaming I know it's been a weird I one did. of those weird Oscar releases Seth yeah but I went to the the art house um, yeah, Terrence Malick uh, likes to make really long movies, and he continues to do that with this movie. Um, oh, there's really not many stars in this one. Really, the only one that I uh, knew was Matthias Schoenarts. Um, kind of started the year with him and ended it with him. He's a very small part in this one. Plays like a, a lawyer or something along those lines. Uh, it takes place in the 40s, though, around World War II. So, yeah, the um, August deal is Franz. He's he's the, the, the guy. He Basically, the story is he's... He's a guy, farmer from Austria, who refuses to fight for the the Nazis uh, because he has to take an oath to Hitler, and he doesn't believe in what they're doing, and so uh, he he uh, you know basically objects everything and and kind of protests it. His wife, played by Valerie Valerie Packner, I think is her name, uh, Fan, Fanny, I think is her name, Fanny, uh, Fanny. maybe. She she uh, that's his wife. They have some kids. Uh, again, they're farmers. That's their entire life is is farming, and so. Uh, when 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 he leaves, she kind of has to take over both parenting and, and farming, and um, that's kind of the story. Is that just him objecting that? Uh, it's not a very simple story. Um, it's based on a true story. It's kind of told through letters between both uh, the husband and wife here. Um, I like the story, but there isn't much of it in this movie. And for being three hours long, I say maybe an hour of it is the the actual story itself. The rest of it is just a ton of like really well done like the the cinematography in this i could absolutely see this being a a, a, a nominee for cinematography for the oscars because it is great it's a beautiful movie there there's tons of really wide panoramic shots of of the the hills of austria and like the farmland and and some of like there's winter like it goes through many seasons and years so they do like winter things like that uh, beautiful movie but a lot of it is isn't really done for the effect of anything other just to other than just to be like oh this is beautiful you know like it's it, like with waves that movie has a lot of shots that are done to help enhance the story or tell more of the story and this one isn't really done to do that it's just oh here's another shot of uh you know mountains you know so um it's not the most entertaining story I, again i like the story but i wanted more of it or at least to kind of go more in depth there's not really much dialogue in the movie either the actors don't really talk to each other much because it's just a lot of like if it's not you know, shots of mountains. It's shot of the uh, the lead guy Franz just sitting and sitting somewhere. You know, stuff like that. I don't know if like this is all of Terrence Malick's films. It probably is, or maybe he does have more story in some of the other ones. It, it's not. Again, it's done all very very well. Uh, acting, all that stuff, music, everything. But it's just not entertaining. Uh, so not necessarily a recommend unless you are a Terrence Malick fan. I think if you are a Ta- Terrence Malick fan, then you'll probably like it. So. I don't know if I'd see this being an Oscar movie at all or anything like that other than just, you know, some like the cinematography and stuff. Yeah, Malik is kind of that way. He's one of those guys that, I don't know, he, he likes his own stuff. And so he, he's very, and he's usually in enough control to not cut his own stuff. So you tend to get some self-indulgence with him. It sounds like the, he may have fallen victim to that again here because um, mm-hmm. that is kind of his thing. But uh, yeah, this one wasn't on my radar other than if it was nominated, I, I may check it out. But uh, um uh, I, I'm not terribly surprised. I was hoping that Malik would do something a little more digestible here. 
Um, but uh, sounds like maybe a bit of a swing and a miss. Jared, mm-hmm. you and I have seen one more movie. Uh, <laughs> We over this past weekend saw the first the first wide release of 2020, and Fudge. it was also also the first horror movie of 2020. It was The Grudge. So, this is your number one guys' number one movie of 2020. Then it is the best movie so uh, far. This is of the best movie of 2020, guys. It's on my top movies of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's made that goddamn joke. Yep. Which I know I know it pains you extra to say, Jared, because I know you have pretty strong thoughts about The Grudge. Uh, well, the previous ones, I, I actually faced my fears. Typically, uh, I mean, people, listeners that don't know the backstory, I am horrified of anything that's creepy, scary, and whatnot. So this film was, uh, kind of a feat to go to, um, and man, was it bad. You really like feet, too. Yeah, I, I do really feet. like feet. <laughs> wow, that was, uh, that was, okay, I'm done. That was perfect. <laughs> that was perfect. Killed Oh man! <laughs> but you overcame your fear and you went, and you were glad you did. I guess I don't know content for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, okay. My point of view on this film was it was very generic. There was no care. It was uninspired. It, it very much strayed away from any source of source any sort of source material. This film even was, I guess, rooted in. Um. As a horror fan, Cody, would you think like do you do you think that there was any shining light of this film? Okay, so I got really lucky when I went and saw The Grudge because well, you got a hand I, job or what? Uh, I got <laughs> two hand jobs. I usually get one, but this time I got two, and it really enhanced. No, um, I for whatever reason I was able to get into this movie and really enjoy it. Um, I, you know, they say, and I hate when people say this, but you know how when people say like, turn your brain off to enjoy a movie. Mm. Ordinarily, I, I really, I ordinarily, I don't like that because it's like, no, I should be able to think and the movie still be good, you know? Um, but in this case, I think that's exactly how it played out for me as I was able to go like at a certain point, um, there was some scares and stuff going on and I had already seen your review. So I knew that it was pretty generic and there wasn't a lot of creativity here. You get the same couple of scares. And at one point I, something scared me. And then I laughed because I was like, you've seen this a hundred times. Like, why did that just scare you? I can't believe you're into this. And I was having a drink during the movie and I, you know, maybe the drink got underneath me or whatever, but because I, it occurred to me how it's silly not drink, man, it occurred to me how silly, it was that I was that into the movie and it just made me get into the movie more. So for whatever reason, I had a really enjoyable time with this and I got into the scares and I was surprised a couple of times. Now that said, I am not accusing this of being a good movie. Okay. Just like Jared said, this is, you've seen all of this. Um, and I actually think that they, they did a disservice to the original grudge movies with this because one thing they do is they replace all the ghoulish characters with new American versions of the, the prior like Asian ghosts. And they weren't as scary. Now, if you want to unravel that into a racist statement, fine. But I'm telling you, the the, the Asian ghosts were scarier than their American counterparts. <laughs> um, and these ones just didn't. Um, it didn't. The things that were scary about the Grudge did not trans uh, translate over here. Like the way that they moved in the old movies was always really creepy. And all they did was take the sound 
and essentially write a new story. There was some interesting things with how they played with time here. Uh, I do think there are redeemable qualities to this movie and I rather enjoyed it, but I didn't enjoy it in the way I enjoyed anything I would argue is critically a good movie. It just, it just hit me in the right spot that day. So I had a really enjoyable time and maybe, maybe some people will, you know, if you catch this later on, uh, on Netflix or something down the road, there's a chance you're going to really enjoy this, but kind of in that tongue in cheek way that you enjoy mediocre horror movies, which I'm finding is a genre that I really, really love because I go to all these and I find a way to enjoy most of them. Yeah, I think you went into it probably, you know, knowing what you were getting into and also having a drink. Like, if you would have gone with a group of friends and maybe had some sort of substance to enhance the situation, like, you would probably actually love this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, again, like you had mentioned, you found yourself laughing at a time or two. I did, too. I was was just laughing because I'm like – we, I know exactly what's going to happen in this next five seconds, but I'm still going to jump because they're going to yeah. turn the sound up way higher than it needs to be. Yep. Also, they show everything in the, the trailer for this movie. Like, every everything worth mentioning is in the trailer. And there's uh, – so there's a really great uh, – if I could just plug on, on the YouTube. At Jared Buckendall. Jared, you did an ending explained poorly, which is – excellent uh one of my favorite things i've seen of yours uh because thank you thank you this movie is the perfect movie to do this for because it does have a wacky ending and uh i'm gonna i'll link to this in the description box so people can go out to your channel uh, and give it a listen so that's highly enjoyable but the end of this movie uh there's like a there's like a really (laughs) obvious little twist in the end of this movie and it got me i was like oh shit like twist and then like 10 seconds later i was <laughs> and like 10 seconds later i was like you idiot like they got me they got me and i have to i have to give them props because i was into this movie till the end for sure oh shit twist <laughs> well uh, yeah it, the thing is yeah i think that they got me too and i was like i can't believe i fucking fell for it but uh <laughs> yeah. also did what you think of that borderline art house ending like where it's just it creeps me birds, out. Birds, birds. Yeah, it was very unsettling. Did you stay? Was there a post-credit scene? I sat there for about a minute, and then I thought, I wonder if they're going to do anything. Go home, you idiot. Grudge. And so <laughs> I, I googled it, and it said there was nothing. So when I walked out of the theater, that was still going on, and it creeped me out. Like I wanted to, I wanted to keep my eyes on the screen until I was out of the room. Yeah, like it was, it was effective for sure. Hmm. So there, there's like little flashes of things, but they're very, very little flashes. Like this again, cannot stress enough. Not a great movie. Not recommending you rush to the theater to see this. But if you're going to, like, have a beer, uh, you know, as turn your brain off, you know. And and I think that uh, I think that some people will find a way to enjoy this, even though I think it deserves like the 22 percent on Rotten Tomatoes that it has right now. Yeah, yeah I'm not seeing that. <laughs> Uh, January is, is full of movies like this where I feel like I'm going to go with like high optimism and just excited to see something that's probably crap. And so I'll come out of January like, yeah, I really enjoyed a couple of these movies, even though it's all going to be just garbage. Like the month looks very terrible. Although like a ton of like the movies that technically released in 20, 2019 are still coming out, like 1917, Just that's Mercy, uh, Clemency. There's still like a handful of movies that are coming out in January that or technically 2019 movies that should be good. Yep. Yeah, I can't wait to see this. All right. So, those are going to be our reviews for the week. And actually, uh I almost forgot to do this, but I do have one more review. Uh but we have to go outside the review section and get into our we missed the boat section. Oh! I'm on a boat and 
You're gonna need a bigger boat. So it's been a while since we did this because I've kind of fucked up a couple times, but uh, We Miss the Boat is a segment where Seth and I have assigned movie homework to one another, and each week one of us will watch a, a movie from our list of five and review it uh, because this is a movie that we are recommending to the other guy that uh, he hasn't seen. So uh, this week I watched, I was inspired because I went to Uncut Gems a couple weeks ago uh, and really enjoyed that, and the Safty Brothers also made Good Time, which is a movie that I know both of you really enjoyed last year in 2018, and I think was on Seth's top 10 list uh, for the year. I don't know, if Jared, if it was on yours, or maybe I have that flipped. Um, but uh, Good Time has Robert Pattinson and uh, Benny Safdie are the two main characters, and they're two brothers who are engaged in a bank robbery that goes wrong, and it's about how it's about how Robert Pattinson is trying to kind of set things right and he's kind of keeps digging himself a deeper and deeper hole trying to dig himself out of the situation he's in and it's very this the things that carry over from uncut gems to uh to good time are many the synth score is present again it's high high intensity uh you have a really charismatic main character who can't seem to get out of his own way it's very visceral at times very like close up and um very kind of grungy a little bit and this was i really really enjoyed this it was super fun the safety brothers after seeing this and uncut gems i am i'm gonna watch closely for whatever comes next because they're whatever it is they have going on that spoke to me so i was like after i watched uncut gems and caught this one these are two really really good movies that everyone should see these guys these guys got something going on for sure yeah i'm glad you like this one i uh this is one that or, or i think this is like 2017 i think it's a little bit a little bit older um but it uh, it's one that it kind of like early on was like oh it's getting good reviews I'm just gonna go check it out I don't know what it's about and so like this is kind of when I started doing that and and uh, this is a, a big surprise I was I had a detriment because of uh, to it with because of Robert Pattinson I was like oh he can't act and then it turns out he can uh, so he's great uh, but I, I I agree with everything you said I I love it. I love that movie as well yeah I would say uh, I mean you can't add much more on top of it it's just one of those films that it's it's very like uh it i i categorized it as like run all night you know he's a borderline against the clock to get this thing done and it's gritty it's down it's raw mm-hmm. hot yeah. <laughs> there you go that's sexy good time can be seen on i believe i watched this on amazon prime you can catch this uh right now on amazon so check it out and seth my list now uh contains only four films i know you've been waiting for a few weeks to backfill and I think I, I think I've gotten a clue as to what you might have next, but uh, maybe you'll surprise me here. So, what uh, what replaces Good Time on my list of five? Well, you know what it is, just because you keep wanting to fucking watch it, and so I'm gonna put it I'm gonna put it on there. I've had to make you stop from watching this so that I can have have a movie. So you've been begging for it, you've been pleading for it. Uh, so I'm gonna put Loose on your list. Yes, um, Lucy list. This is uh, one that I'm really excited to watch. I this may be the next movie I watch. Uh, I've been I've been wanting to watch it for a while now. So you you have snuck it in before I've made that happen. Um, so Loose will compete over the next two weeks with the other movies on my list, which are Toy Story Three, Fighting with My Family, Young Adult, and Chasing Amy. Uh, so I'm excited to continue to watch those. And uh, next week we'll have a review from Seth uh, for something out of his list. What do you have right now in your in your five options for Miss the Boat? I don't know. I fucking forgot. It's been so long. <laughs> the list you have for me is uh, Silence of the Lambs, V for, Ven- v for Vendetta, the, the Game, uh, Thoroughbreds, and Burn After Reading. Uh, 
Those are all incredible. If um, if I could make a, a, what I would watch, I would watch the game. The game. Dude, have you seen the game? I, I so rarely run into someone else who knows that movie. That's a fucking awesome movie, dude. I, when I first moved into my new apartment, I had TiVo or whatever, so I recorded everything. And I was like, well, this, this looks like a fun movie or interesting one. And I was drawn in. Enjoy that one. It's on Netflix, so something to check out. Oh, nice. Yep. I like watching movies for free. <laughs> All right. Well, everyone recommends Good Time and Loose. You just made the list! So uh, come on come on back. Uh, next week, Seth reviews, and in two weeks, I will have another review for We Missed the Boat. Oh! I'm on a boat, and... You're going to need a bigger boat. All right, folks, we are just about to the end of this week's show. Uh, but before we wrap things up, we got to leave you with just one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. My one more thing uh, is a website that I use to help me come up with my top ten list. Uh, there are a couple Porn that up. I use. I actually use Letterboxd to keep track of all the movies I've seen. Uh, but also, I used a website called Flickchart. So this is F-L-I-C-K-C-H-A-R-T. What Flickchart uh, sets out to do is help you rank movies. And the way that it does it is it puts two movies on screen and says pick one. And it's just a game that you pick one and then they replace both movies and you pick another one. And you, you, keep, you just keep clicking. And as you're working, there's an algorithm that puts together a list for you of your favorite movies. And it's a really fun exercise to think like, okay, between these two movies, what would I watch? And there was a moment when I was doing Flickchart that... Booksmart came up against Once Upon a Time, and I was like, "Ah, oh, crap!" You know, and I had to make that flip. But uh, it's a it's a fun and interesting way to think about movies, and it, it's rare that we do it. Usually, we just think, "Is this movie good?" But to compare two movies uh, can kind of be a fun thing to do. So, for folks out there who want to check that out, uh, it's flickchart.com, uh, and that, that's 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 been pretty enjoyable uh, to do. It is very stressful, though. I will warn you. <laughs> My one more thing, going with more movies. Uh, the former president, still, I mean, the president in our heart, uh, continues to uh, release his favorite movies of the year. And this guy, he, President Obama, he he loves watching watching some movies. He he's a real savvy movie watcher. Um, he's got a lot of movies that we talked about uh, on our list today. Uh, his, his movies, of, favorite movies of 2019, include American Factory. Um, I think that's I think some of the a good chunk of these are are. Uh, documentaries i think that's one amazing grace was a documentary apollo 11 was a documentary um i don't know about this one ashes of the purest white atlantics birds of passage passage i think is a documentary then he has book smart yeah um diane i don't know what that is uh the farewell he's got the farewell uh of course the best movie of the year ford v ferrari he's got that on there uh the irishman uh just mercy which I'll, i'll be seeing next weekend uh the last black man in san francisco which is a very good movie uh, Little Women, he's got on his list. Marriage Story, of course, because he's smart. Uh, Parasite, uh, The Souvenir, uh, and then Transit. And then he did mention a couple TV shows. Uh, Fleabag Season 2, which I cannot... Uh, the first season, uh, uh, I think the first episode of Fleabag, uh, she masturbates to one of his speeches. So that's kind of weird. Nice. Um, and then uh, Unbelievable, which is a Caitlin Deaver show on Netflix, uh, that limited series. And then Watchmen, he has on his list, which I'm uh, halfway through right now. So... Uh, Obama loves his uh, his entertainment. There you go. You forgot one. He also said that Alita Battle Angel was one of his favorites. <laughs> uh, he, he actually that he did a separate list. That was his least favorite movies of 2019. Uh, get out of my <laughs> get off my lawn. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, for my one last thing, I was like, oh, maybe I'll announce some new stuff. I don't have anything really. Um, 
But Netflix, there's something on there I recommend anyone and everyone to watch. And it's called John Mulaney and the Sad Bunch Bunch. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Because it is comedy gold. It is the best <laughs> thing I've seen in a long time. I, 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 I guess I don't know. I... It strikes me we've all seen this and we could have reviewed it today, but I don't know where we would have reviewed it. I don't know what you call it. It's like a variety show, but it is. You it's, guys talked uh, me into watching this, and I had a great time. You uh, should this add is a masterpiece. A, this is some wacky section. shit. A masterpiece. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. It'd be reviewed under the LSD section because that's what it feels like watching it. <laughs> it is wack. It feels. It's like a. So for folks who don't know, it's like a variety show with John Mulaney and a bunch of kids. It's like a kids special. And they cut away to these little segments and songs and things that they do. And they're so strange. It actually reminds me a lot of 100% Fresh with Adam Sandler. Uh, They do these songs about these really weirdly specific situations. Uh, The songs here are longer and more fleshed out than what you'll see in the Adam Sandler special uh, in most cases. But it is wacky. Like, you never never know what's about to happen. You think you do often. But you never really know what's (laughs) about to go on in that show. It's very weird. (laughs) So that, that gets a recommend. You can watch that on Netflix as well. So... Uh, what did we have? We had the Sack Lunch Bunch. We had Barrio's uh, Movies and TV of the Year. And uh, we had Flick Chart for Ranking this week and one more thing. But I'm down to one more, one more thing. Well, that's going to bring us to the end of episode 126 of the SoCo Show. Make sure you're subscribed wherever it is you're listening to the show so you can get new episodes every Thursday and new episodes of the sports show every Friday as well. Make sure you hit the links to our sponsors down in the description box and uh, help uh, help those guys with some business if you can. Uh, also, hit Anchor uh, and become a contributor. Uh, thanks to Jared. At Jared Buckendall. For being on the show as well as being a contributor. Uh, in addition to Jared, we've got Mike V and Fuck You as our contributors. <laughs> if, if you want to help the show out, just go to our Anchor page. You can link to it in the description box. Uh, if you can't or don't want to become a contributor, just keep clicking the episodes, keep sharing them with friends. Uh, every listen counts for us. So uh, we've had a blast counting down 2019. Uh, certainly uh, a great time as always. At Jared Buckendall. Jared, to have you on the show. We, we appreciate your time uh, coming on today. You, you said a second ago you didn't have a lot new coming out because uh, January has slowed back down. But what what is in the works? Uh, give the folks your information. Where can they get out and see your content? Well, no, thank you guys for having me on. Again, I don't know. I, I lost count of how many times I've been on this show, but it's always, I mean, again, we're we're very, this is a long episode, um, so thank <laughs> you. Everyone can find me on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Jared Buckendall. At Jared um, Buckendall. F- yeah, there we go, right there. I like feet as well, apparently. <laughs> I really like feet. <laughs> I love the music in the background too. <laughs> Thanks. That was just me strumming along. Um, no, I think uh, the end of the last year, I kind of was focusing more on quantity, and I think I want to go back to quality. Do a lot more kind of scripted stuff, like the ending explained is. I I love doing those because they make no goddamn sense, <laughs> and. Um, Actually, in March, I believe, I will be going to South by Southwest, actually. Oh, fuck. Oh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, so I actually am going to my first film festival ever. I was rejected by press, but I got a discounted rate, so at least there's that. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Can't wait to hear stories from South by. Uh, from Maybe we'll you can be SoCo Field Correspondent, Jared. And yeah, we'll, there we maybe go. Maybe we'll get, you, get your experience in some yeah, interviews Yeah, give the inside <laughs> scoop. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. What's going to be annoying is you're probably going to see some shit that we're not going to get able to see until like fucking October. 
and you're going to spend all That's why I'm excited. Year. Yeah, that's going to be pretty fun. Very cool. Well, as always, keep an eye on Jared's stuff pretty much everywhere. At Jared Buckendall. Uh, you're going to, if you like this show, uh, you're really going to like Jared's stuff because he actually thinks about it before he makes it. So, uh, <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> well, some, so, sometimes. <laughs> oh, man. I, I was thinking with how long this episode is, it feels like um, a hidden life. It's it's three hours. Only an hour of it's probably uh, useful. <laughs> and, and the rest of it's just a bunch of crap. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's uh, it's, uh, Will you read another review that you just pulled off of our website, Seth? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, yes, this was a long episode, but uh, we hope that you have enjoyed it. Certainly fun to recap. 2019 uh this has been episode 126 again everything is fixed so we expect to be back on our usual schedule uh so come on back in seven days for episode 127 but until then for the soho seth Ott and for our special guest at jared buckendall i have been the co-host cody michael and we will see you next week bye